Let's get started. Now let's get it all in perspective. We did it like that and now we do it like this. Do not attempt to adjust your down. I'm transmitting live. Yo, let's get down to business. Now let's get it all in perspective. We did it like that and now we do it like this. Right. the underground world, every street and world. You may learn something. You are now listening to the Joe Rogan Experience, Experience with Chico, Simon, Kamar, and your host, Matt Floyd. Welcome to the Joe Rogan Experience, Experience. My name is Matt Floyd, joined as always by Kamar. Welcome to the party. And Simon. What's up, y'all? It, it, feel, it seems weird, eh, Maddie, when you're saying your own name with such boisterous intent? It's not only that, it's that... <laughs> I, I like tucker myself out doing it and then I have to immediately go into like, okay, I'm that and I'm all winded anyway. Oh yeah. I need a break after I do it. Yeah, precisely. I can't do it the way Kamar does. Uh, what we It'd do here is hilarious if you did the show the whole way through. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just yelling like you, uh, what we do here is very simple. The three of us have listened to every episode of the Joe Rogan experience experience of the Joe Rogan experience. We're going to rate each episode as well as the week on a scale of one to five, Jamie Vernon's. And then we're each going to give our opinions, uh, talk about the guests, the talking points, this, that, and the next. Uh, but first, Kamar, how was your week? Thanks for asking, Maddie. I had a great week. I also want to say hello to all the new listeners from around the world. Um, my name's Kamar. Uh, <laughs> we had a couple of Patreons this week, and I always like to give them a shout-out before we get on the show. And this really makes me so happy. I don't know where they're from, but uh, shout-out to Wyatt Egan. I'm so happy of a Wyatt in the Patreon. Way to go, Wyatt. Way to go on being a Wyatt. Is that a cool name? Texas, for sure, right? Well, I don't want to assume anything. Uh, also, welcome back, Carla Hagler. Always good to have you back from Dallas. Thanks, Carla. And, welcome uh, home. Shout out to Sean McDonald for uh, raising his pledge. Shout out on the Patreon all around. Someone else just but as thanks Kamar. Someone else just upgraded their pledge as well. Or was that Wyatt? I saw that last second. Uh, actually, it was Wyatt. Mm-hmm. Funny you say that. I uh, I had a great week. I got to see Simon in person. I don't think you're supposed you're to say that aloud. Oh, you're social distancing. <laughs> no, no, okay. it, was, it was social distancing through the rules like, of the road, Matt. One hundred one one hundred percent. But it's just like crazy that it's like a novelty, like to see someone or something. Well, I was reading the regulations like thoroughly and it's the vaguest shit ever. Like it's almost not, intentionally. Not according to Doug Ford. Yeah, well, okay. Look at uh, our friend's uh, top of the world's Instagram. I know. And uh, it's the funniest post I've ever seen. I laughed like out loud. It was perfect. It summed it all up. Yeah, I just like, I, because like reading it, I was like, okay, hold on. Could we do the podcast? I know you wouldn't regardless. Yeah. But I just reading it, I couldn't figure it out because I was like, okay, we're obviously not an essential business. We're not even a business. So technically we're just three people meeting. Although last night they ticketed four people for being in a car together. So you're going to run into trouble on the definition of a business. That's where we fall in the gaps. Otherwise, I think um, we probably could do it. Not that I would, but we probably could. I think we'd have to be ratted out to get caught as well, though. Yeah. If you're not comfortable, there's no point. 
Well, Simon wouldn't do it. I knew that. I knew that going into it. That's why I didn't even fucking bring it up. You guys should be more scared of me than I am of you. But either way, taking precautions. <clears throat> Simon, how was your week? Are you done? Sorry, Kamar, are you done? Is your week done? Oh, no, I, I saw Simon. It was a highlight. Okay. You never had you never had any fear, Kamar. I don't. I don't. I remember I, you I, at the beginning talking about trying to get into fucking breeder parties or whatever. I I don't fear then. I don't fear now. This guy would eat ass at a Tim Hortons parking lot. Yeah, so I know. Of course, Since... he's not afraid of COVID. Yeah. Totally. Simon, Bring how was your week? My week was fine. Yeah, you know, just got back to work. That was sweet. It seems weird. Like the first lockdown, I was so you know. It was just time off. It was amazing. And then this time, I got the time off that I didn't want, and then I wanted to be back at work. So it was uh, real. really came full circle. Well, that's nice. Mm. All right. Do you want to... How's your route, Matt? Um, <laughs> and this lockdown's got us down. No, it really does. I, you know, up till this point, I feel like I've been okay. Uh, once 2021 hit, it's really starting to get to me. I'm just so inactive. I feel I feel terrible. You would have um, you would have buckled down for the winter anyways. You know what I mean? We all do. We just do less. We stay inside more. Yeah, I think just, it's more. That's just what I tell be- myself, but I, there's no option. It's because just get through because Sorry, I did so little the summer. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Just because it was such a dull year of not doing much. I I didn't take ah, whatever. Who cares? Let's I get really into the fucking. I really feel though like there's like an end in sight now, you know? So really? you get through these shitty months of the winter. Well, yeah, there's a vaccine. Eventually they're going to get it to everybody. So sometime in the summer and then you get a good summer, you know? Hopefully. <laughs> I'll probably get fucking shingles or something. Um, well, knock on wood Yeah, for no you, shit. Uh, Kamar, you want to run down the list for us? Please and thank I'd you. I'd love to. Uh, yeah, Joe, always keep everyone on his toes. Swung with his left hard this week. Started with 1593. Uh, junkie Dr. Carl Hart. Uh, I knew you were going to have I knew you were going to have some dickish thing to say there. Uh, the Greek freak from New York City, Yanis Papas. And then 1595, former head of the ACLU, Ira Glasner. Finish off with everyone's favorite, a quantum physicist. 1596. Count Avilobe. <laughs> I think it was just Glasser, but whatever. Oh, because I, I, I thought it was uh, the guy from uh, NPR at first. Gotcha. This felt, Glass. This felt like a week where Joe was like sitting around with Jamie and was just like, "All right, let's just make like an anti-Kamar week. Let's see how he deals with this shit." I don't and know this, about that. This is what they came up with. Really, it felt to me like he was just throwing everyone curveballs. Like he was like, do I support Trump? You'll, you're never gonna know this week. <laughs> like, a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It was definitely an interesting week. I gotta say though, and I know this is a constant bitch of just ours. There's only three people in the world, most likely, that will bitch about this. But these Saturday drops have got to stop. It has to end. unless unless it's the most crazy breaking news ever. But he doesn't do that he anymore. Like it, it just doesn't happen. So enough with this. All right. Well, let's uh, let's rate the week as we normally do. But there are four episodes in a week. Like that's the norm. Four episodes. So if he only gets three done during the week, I just am expecting that Saturday drop now. You know. 
I guess. Yeah, there's Chico. He wants to be involved. What's uh, up, Chico? Um, I didn't miss anything, do I? I don't know. I don't have the whiteboard here, so we're we're rating the week, right? That's what we're on to. Yeah. All right. Well, let's start this with what uh, we do. Let's start with Brown Town. Kamar, how do you feel about it? Uh, I gotta be honest. I give it a week of four. It was it was really solid. You know what? Despite my uh, my objections to the Saturday drop, I believe I also am going to give the week a four. Strong week. Sometimes there's a one podcast in it that's annoying or just what the fuck that didn't happen this week. Yeah, I agree. It. Uh, yeah, it was a very strong week. Simon, what do you rate it? I think I'm going to give it a uh, three and a half. A three and a half. Interesting. Interesting. In- very interesting. Okay. All right. Well, uh, let's get into it then. Let's start with the junkie doctor, as Kamar put it. Uh, and not junkie as of the pejorative. <laughs> oh, no. Rude. And it was totally the pejorative. I like how Kamar is now like, oh, no, no. no I'm trying to take junkie I mean- back for the junkies. But how many like articulate people have you ever like? Yeah, I do heroin. I mean, listen, it was like, matter of factly. I no under, judgment. I understand. That, I think that's what he's trying to get at, though, is that you just you have this preconceived notion of someone doing heroin. Um, we all do. I, I think the majority of the people on the planet do. Sure, I mean, listen. Let's clear the air here. <laughs> let's clear the air here. There's two people here that have done heroin. And I'm not one of them. Now, you haven't shot heroin, you haven't snorted it, you haven't freebased it, but you've both done Oxycontin, correct? Yeah. Synthetic heroin. Let's, my, uh... Sure, okay, but my point is, is like, you see what I mean is the stigma goes away once it's Oxycontin. Like, the further down the line you get, the more the stigma goes away. No, because if, if I said to you, Matt, I shoot Oxycontin or I snort Oxycontin, that's just as bad as heroin. It's about, like, the way you're using it, I think, you know? literally the form in which you're putting it in your body there's a difference between snorting coke and smoking coke yes of course but i think if you're snorting oxy it's the same as like ingesting it i would believe just gets your bloodstream quicker no no no. i'm saying though the the um yeah the optics of it i understand the optics of it and the 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 fact that you need to get it into your body that much faster and all those things like i don't know you're changing taking a pill into I mean, it goes back a bag of Coke. It goes back to the conversation we had last week, though, where we were talking about um, if you could do something safely, it changes the story dramatically. And this guy was kind of explaining that, like, when you see a heroin junkie fucking drooling and all over themselves, they've done too much of something they shouldn't have done or, you know, too much of of something that if they had done a lower dose or a cleaner dose, maybe they would be functional. You know what I mean? Like we, we hear all the, we hear stories all the time of these highly functional heroin, heroin addicts. And we're always like, how is this possible? It seems like this guy, maybe without saying, without adding the word addict, but it seems like this guy frequents heroin and is obviously an upstanding member of society who gets shit done. Well, I've never done heroin, heroin, like, you know, through a needle. Yeah. Um, but with like taking any sort of pills, you don't get that nod. Like, you know, when you watch somebody do heroin yeah, and it hits their bloodstream and immediately it back in your head, you're gone for like 
minutes. I don't know exactly how long it takes with heroin, 15 minutes, half hour, I don't know. But point is, that doesn't exist with, I mean, maybe it does if you take it in like way higher. But that's what I was about to say is. If you take too many, you'll end up there still. That's what I was going to say, Simon, is maybe if you took like, you know, a higher dosage, like a bigger Mm -hmm. milligram pill or three of them or something, you might get that. That's probably what, what he was talking about was Oxy is like a, I think that's also why people snort at Simon, because it might be a time release thing. Like when you take an oxy pill, it might slowly release in your bloodstream at a level where well, that, you're... That's what it is for sure. That's why Canada changed the way they make those pills. They used to do them so like you could just crush them up and now they have like a, a weird fucking coating on top of them. So I don't think you can do that anymore. I don't even think in Canada you can get... I don't even think oxycodone exists in this country anymore. Yeah, and, it does. And, does it really? I thought they fucking. I thought they changed the name. I thought it was still or, the or same, but they changed the name. Surgeries. Oxycontin exists. I don't know if oxycodone exists. It's the same fucking thing. Fair enough. Synthetic heroin. Either way, it's definitely, it's definitely eye-opening to hear someone so well-spoken with doctor in front of their name speak openly about just doing heroin in their spare time. Again, we're just so jaded. Like, you would never say, oh, I can't believe that guy smokes joints and he's, like, a businessman. You know what I mean? It's just... Well, no, but that's... That's that's changing now. But that's what I was going to say, is if you went back 50 years, no businessman in their right mind would admit to smoking pot. Whereas now... They all drink. Well, but they're... And that... So, I mean, we'll get to that in a minute. But you know what I mean is it's, it's that thing where I think he's trying to change the stigma around it, knowing probably that the legalization of drugs is most likely around the corner. I don't mean around the corner like next year, but I'm talking like a decade away. For sure. And I mean, Joe's reaction was the best reaction you could ever have. It was, he started off telling his fucking stupid story about his friend's brother or whatever, who was a a Coke dealer. And he was such a fucking degenerate that it turned Joe off those drugs forever. And in the same breath, he was like, but you know what? I'd do it with you. Yeah, I mean, keep in mind, that's kind of, but see, this is the, this is what I was saying last week about the safety thing is like, I have never done hard drugs, don't have any desire to, probably can't see myself doing them. However, if this doctor guy was like, I have really clean hair and I can give you the perfect dose where you can, you know, see what it's about. I can't say I would be like, no, especially if no, he was like, I'd be an asshole to say no. That's it. Especially if he was like, I can guarantee you almost beyond any reasonable doubt that you won't get hooked. Then yeah, I mean, I, YOLO. Like, like the only one I'd say no to is the fentanyl. ayahuasca because you well, wanna... fentanyl, again, if they can give me the right dose, you're just, you know, that's the problem with fentanyl is that we've been through this. People yeah. do the wrong dose, but no, I, I, what was I saying before that? Alcohol. We were. No, no, no. Oh, ayahuasca. Um, ayahuasca. ayahuasca. Yeah, you don't want to shit. That's the only one I wouldn't do. No, even if they told me you can get rid of the shitting and the puking. 15 minutes about myself introspection, that's plenty. You know, I don't need nine hours of dissecting Simon. I'm not sure I'm going to like what I find and I'm cool, you know? I mean, I'm going to say the obvious though. That's that's the idea behind it, Simon, is to face oh. I, like... Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I understand Fair enough. that. Fair I, enough. I'm telling you. Got no interest in that. Well, I know Kamara would be down for just about, no, all of it, so. Well, I feel 100% better about the thought of snorting heroin after listening to this podcast. As uh, say before, not that I uh, 
got on the phone to find some, but it's just like it's um definitely a perspective thing, and it has to be like legalized. And uh, one of his biggest things is you know with the black market, you don't know what's in it. Well, I was gonna we say were... so. I sorry, I, sorry, real quick. I was just gonna say there's the other side of this that we haven't mentioned, which is. I get what he's trying to do. He's trying to change the stigma behind it. And okay, sure. Perception. Heroin is still heroin. And the street version of heroin will still get you hooked. It will still most likely ruin your life. And you probably still should not go out and do it. So my concern also is that some young person listening to this, who's maybe tried heroin a few times and might be on the path of getting hooked, heard this guy and maybe just took it in their head as like, I'm fine. I can use heroin. I don't have to worry. That would be a concern. But his bottom line is for adults. Yeah, but when you're 20, you're an adult. And I feel like if they were fighting that hard on the other end, which they did for years with the war on drugs, it just makes you want to do it just as much. You know what I mean? Like them telling you not to do it is like, well, fuck, then I really want to do it. I don't know if he even established what the legal age would be. For heroin? Well, it would have to be the same as everything else. Legal drinking age, as soon as you're old enough to make your own decisions, whatever that but is. Deemed. I think we've sort of, throughout discussions and episodes, realized uh, real adults more like 25. I mean, Once yeah. The lobes but... formed. And if you could keep all people off drugs until then, then they'd be the best place, probably. Well, that's net. Well, if this, will this ever happen? Will what ever happen? Will all drugs be legalized and uh, yeah, regulated? Yeah. I really do think that will happen. Like where you see that with the legalization of weed. Well, the ironic thing I meant to mention too, <clears throat> I'm sure it wasn't a matrix moment. I'm sure Joe watched the same thing I did and then had this guy on, but like I watched this crack cocaine documentary on Netflix. Um, and this well, guy is in it huge. That's so Kamar, that's the weirdest thing. I'm watching that documentary and then I'm, I'm literally doing two things at once. I'm like, I should check my phone and see if there's a new, rogan and no word of a lie that was the episode and i was like what the fuck like so i assume joe saw that and was like i should bring this guy on but that documentary is so damning to the american government it's not even funny oh it's insane i mean like, any... it's not even if ands or buts about the crack epidemic if it even is an epidemic or if it's media fueled it's all caused by the government well and the racial aspect of it is un undeniable as well like the fact well, that's that how he said. the fact that powdered cocaine got you no time, but the second you got it into rock form, you were doing fucking like ten years hard time. It just it's so fucked. Every stone you turn, the government and legislation is trying to fuck its peoples over. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, we learned that uh, cocaine got outlawed because of black people. She thanks black people. Um, I thought it was interesting when he talked about have you guys seen the King of Staten Island yeah there aren't a lot of depictions of like not overly glorifying but mentioning drug use and it not being completely detrimental so I agreed with him my only problem was in this particular instance it wasn't a, an on screen character and what I mean by that is at no point during the film do you see this character do you really get to know this character like the only time that they develop that character is in that scene other than the fact that he died a hero firefighter do you, do you understand what i'm saying like 
It's not as Absolutely. if it's not as if it was a character that from the beginning of the film was your protagonist and is a coke addict. That kind of thing. Maybe the Wolf of Wall Street. Oh, well, yeah, but he's a but as he's the protagonist of the story, but the idea is to show you that he wasn't really a great guy, I think. Does that make sense? No, no, I, yeah, of course. I'm not I'm not I sound like I'm trying to poke holes. I'm just trying to think of any examples, but usually it's just Drugs are bad. That's what yeah. and all of Hollywood is doing. Drugs, so it's sort of uh, disingenuous. Oh, it's super, super disingenuous for sure. I mean, that's the, the thing. Weird... Go ahead, come on. Sorry, go on. Go no, on. no, please, you. Oh, I, I was going to change subjects. I was no. going to say the the weird thing about Joe saying he will do coke with him was Hart was implying that use cocaine as a to enhance sex. <laughs> he was he was in a saying that was a use for um being buddy buddy like heroin might be or something else or hallucinogenics i don't know if i don't know if joe intends to fuck him and do coke but i don't think heroin is a real buddy buddy type of drug oh i must be everything's cool bro I was no, going to say, Simon. nodding out. It's no. a real on your a own type. Again, if you though, do too much. That's if what, you that's, do too much. That's what I was no, going to say. A, nodding out is part of it, man. It's not a too much thing. No, that's what he said. You missed no. that part. He said, that's if what a person's said. nodding yeah, out, they've done too much. He said, that's the problem. Is heroin, you don't need a lot. And if you're nodding off, it's because you've done far too much. He said, if you do the it's right amount like of... Mike... Go ahead. It's like microdosing with uh, acid or mushrooms. If you feel anything, just anything, you've done too much. But you yeah. do just the right amount of stuff. It does make a change, and it's beneficial. So, I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't fuck you up, but I, I just don't think, like, I think you just feel, like, euphoric when you do the right amount of heroin. Sure. And then I be buddy-buddy. Coke is a way more buddy-buddy drug than heroin is. Yeah, up to a Especially point you though. You want to fuck your you, buddy all night. Hold on you though. You want to talk. We've I've we've all been around enough fucking cocaine heads. Up to a point, Simon. It's like booze. Booze is very buddy buddy up to a point. I find cocaine's the same. Once that eight ball's dwindling, the buddy buddiness tends to go <laughs> yeah. away. Yeah. Like it's not. I'm and just. Once you get drunk enough, the hate comes out. That's that's, what, that's with any drug though, Maddie. When the when it goes into short supply. Your real uh, friendships start showing, you know? I, I'm not even talking about the supply end of it. I just mean, like, once a lot of cocaine is done, I find that the it's it becomes more intense than buddy-buddy. Like, way more. Like, especially, and maybe this is the thing. Maybe it's because I'm not on the same level, having never done coke. Like, I've been in a room at 5 a.m. with three people, Tony Montana yachted up, and I'm just not on their level. So maybe that's the problem, that I'm sitting there yeah, like. It feels like I, hell on earth, though, eh? Yes, it does feel like hell on earth. Yeah, like you're you're you you're way ahead of their conversation. Like, yes, we know what you established, and yes, they heard you say that, but they're talking over and over again. So it's not that you're on, not on their level. You're like clearly thinking. Yeah, you're way above and them. Then, and then you get people like you know. I tend to repeat myself already. And then when you're on coke, it like gets exaggerated by a million times. So you've told the same story in like a four second span, four times, and you don't even realize that you've done it. Yelled the person you're talking to doesn't care as long as they're getting more coke. Well, and <laughs> as long as they're high, but that's the thing. Like Matt, who's not doing, you have to be doing the same drug that the other people are doing. At some point, that's going to come into play. Because if you guys are on different schedules, come down schedules, you know? Yeah. 
Yeah, no, for sure. Dude, I remember I woke, I fell asleep at like 5 a.m. on my buddy's couch and I woke up at noon. And when I fell asleep, the place was a pigsty. It looked like a cocaine addict's den. And I woke up and the place was fucking spotless. And he was sitting there with a plate of cocaine, still ripping rails. And I was just like, dude, what happened? He's like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Like, I mean, I guess there's that. If you want to clean your apartment, bang out a fucking half an eight ball. Performance enhancement. <clears throat> I swear to God, I've always thought Pool Shark was someone who pretended to be bad at pool and then ran someone. No, that's a pool hustler. Okay. I, I really thought, like, Joe, are you sure? And I, as if I'm questioning Joe's um, knowledge of pool and pool terminology. It's very it's very odd to me that, I mean, it goes back to Joe's whole hate for bowling. <clears throat> he really doesn't want to waste his time on something that cannot make you a millionaire. Well, wait till he gets into the Coke with Dr. Carl Hart. <laughs> He's going to change. No, but I mean, like, hunting he does because it sustains his friends and his family. Uh, but you could tell how much he loves pool. But other than like a little bit of recreational pool with maybe Tony and Fitzdog, it doesn't seem like he's, I don't know, like he's really into pool. Same thing with art. He's was really good at art. And if he had kept, if he had kept at it, he'd be an incredible artist. But it just seemed like once that teacher was like, you're never going to be shit. You're never going to make money. He was like, yeah, I'm out. It's Wait true, for though. The heroin to kick in. Joe's hobbies are all very um, utilitarian. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing. There's like no wasted meat on any bone for Joe. You no see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. No, no. Now that I'm thinking about it, like the fighting, the comedy is his job. So that doesn't count. Yep. The fighting, the archery, the hunting, the. It um, all has a purpose. None it of it is. All, in and think about video games. He like he literally stopped playing video games because he was like, I'm spending, a, 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 again, we don't know how much time, but to him it was too much. It could have been an hour a day that him and Jamie were just taking, and it was too much for him. So, like, I don't know if it has anything to do with money, though. You said it was... Uh, okay, maybe not. Money Fine. I think yeah. it's like, if it's not somehow legitimately making him grow as a person... Like art makes you grow as a person, but there's no, there's nothing on your body that shows that. You but know? does that not make you feel Which like maybe Joe propositions that makes me feel like Joe has the serum or has taken the serum already. Like the human growth hormone. No, no. Like he knows that he's going to live to 150. Cause I think most people at 50, I don't know. Like I even see it where I'm like, you know, I'm about to hit 40 and I'm like, why try to get any better? Like, why not just, why not just enjoy the last potential 40 years like i'm not gonna get any better i doubt it we're gonna start taking steroids and we're gonna feel a lot better let me tell you that i mean that's a weird way to look at it though maddie i hear what you're saying but so you're 40 chances are you live to 80 you still have the full half of your life yet <laughs> yeah but it's as long as you did and as many years are gonna be useless at the end maddie are the same as years that were useless at the beginning you know what i mean touche but like my body is shit my bad that's on me. That's where the steroids come in. Okay, but but like your mind, like here's the thing is, I'm obviously far smarter than I've ever been, right? Because I just know more. Every day I'm alive, I learn more. I doubt I, I, I doubt I, you know, lose a bunch of it. But it just does, I don't feel as sharp. Nowhere near as sharp. So like even the stuff I'm taking in is not, 
I'm not absorbing it like I used to. I'm not uh, able to regurgitate it as as well as I used to be. I don't know. Yeah, that's just like youthful memories, you know? No, you not until the steroids that, and Adderall comes in. You were never that sharp. Maybe. And you never were able to do that stuff. You've just convinced yourself of it because that's what we do with the past, you know? I mean, listen, Simon, I'll say this. I feel like once I hit around 30 and stopped drinking, I became much better at teaching myself how to become better at things, if that makes sense. I wasn't very good yeah. at teaching myself anything up till 30. Like, I just assumed knowledge was going to come to me and that and that's somehow how the world worked. Yeah. I, I never that's act... A real... Go, Sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, no, please say it. I was it. just going to say that's a real drunk way of looking at things. <laughs> it really is, yeah. But I I don't know. There was something about after that point where I was like, I can go out and teach myself. Like, there's enough knowledge out there that I can just go and teach myself. I don't have to rely on anyone. I don't have to take a course. I don't I don't know. Like, I never would have been able to do this podcast in my 20s. Sorry, Kamar, go ahead. I was just saying, and there's drugs that can help you learn. <laughs> Listen, dude, if, I, I, if that limitless drug was real, I'd take it. Well, exactly. I mean, that's an example. Maybe it's not Adderall or whatever, but it's just like I was trying to say last week, these drugs exist. We should use them. And I'm sure there's the perfect thing for everybody. And it's not a one drug fits all model, but definitely the perception has to change. Well, use them I mean, that's is, the for this key, guy. is the key word, Kamar. Use them. Well, Kamar, like, use been, them versus it, use them. Well, yeah, it's the misuse of these drugs that's the problem. It's not usually the drug itself. Well, see, that's the thing. Yeah. Kamar brought up, uh, what was the drug you just brought up? The one that makes you focus? A Adderall. 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 So that's one where I've never tried it, um, and I feel like I could benefit from it heavily, but I also know what I'm like. And if I did take it once and I did feel the effects, like Kamar says, I would be like, I'm taking five of these a day for the rest of my fucking life. And then that would ruin me because I know people that yeah. have done that. And they're fucking Limitless. useless. Well, yeah, I mean, it, it is that, but but it's real. Like, I, you know, I know someone that was doing a lot of them for, for school. And they said they were like, once I stopped taking them, like, I was fucking totally useless. And that's just... Yeah, that's why it'd be best to do anything like this with the consultation and monitoring of a doctor. Yeah. Well, and that's... So you're not what, doing it alone. What's his name? Uh, Dr. Hart there was talking about withdrawal. And just this idea of coming down and like, yeah, quitting anything like that, that your body has become dependent on, no matter what it is, is that's really fucking hard. But weaning yourself off of things over a long period of time, that's the way that's meant to be done, man. And it, it might be like a six month wean. And like, having to hide it is probably detrimental. What? If you could share what, what's going on with He's you, saying the fact that there's stigma around addiction, you most of the time have to hide the fact that you're weaning yourself off. You can't openly no. be like, I had an Adderall addiction and then talk openly about it is what he's saying, I believe. I, I, I'm talking about doctors and doctors prescribing drugs. So a doctor, you get hurt in an accident. A doctor prescribes you the drug. You take it for a whole long time. Your body becomes dependent on it. Then that doctor says, okay, you're done now. So... Then you start going through these withdrawals, like legitimate withdrawals, because your body needs something that's no longer there. The doctor won't give it to you anymore. You have to go source that out on the street. This is the story as old as time, you know? Yeah, uh, we want that to as, change. As old as these dependencies on prescriptions have been going on. If they instead did something where they said, look, 
for this six months, I'm going to wean you or four months or whatever it takes to wean you off of this drug. You're going to be off of that drug. And then, I mean, some people are still going to go source it out on the open market because they like how they, it made them feel. But most people are just going to be like, it got the use out of it. We're taking off it properly and now function in their normal life. But they don't do that, man. They like, they well, there is some of that with um, antidepressants and stuff. Yeah, but it's not a long enough time. That's what I'm saying. These withdrawals, like when you're trying to get off of something like that, one month, two months, like it may take longer than that. And if you have a good doctor who can help you with that, that's what you need. Well, Simon, need people we need. like Dr. Hart. It's ironic you say that because they actually do that, but they only do that once it's become so bad that they're, it's ear, it's irreversible. Like uh, Rush Limbaugh had to be put in a fucking coma. Because he was so yeah, addicted to Oxycontin. But you see what I'm saying is they do that long-term wean off, but his body would have killed itself because of the withdrawal. So they put him in a coma. And like after a month or two, I think it was a month in the coma, he, you know, but that's, it's and crazy. I think if more people did drugs too, we'd have more studies and more data to understand exactly how to uh, do it the best way as well. Well, actually you're wrong. A lot of people do drugs. The problem is, is that once it's a schedule, anything, they can't do any real testing on it. Well, that was weed for so fucking long, man. No, weed's still in that, just not in Canada. But in the States, it's still a scheduled well, no. one. Here. Yeah. We can do the research on it now. And you will you see, like, it happens really fast, man. It's like everything had been clogged up at a dam. And as soon as they were allowed to do things, it just spills out like a fucking waterfall. Well, the problem, though, Simon, is it happens fast, but it doesn't. Because the real studies you want are the long-term ones. And those take 20 years. Right? Like, it, I'm with you. 2017 is when we legalized it. So 2037 is when they will have all the hardest good data in Canada. Just from a, a, a true data standpoint. There are some things that are so apparent. Yeah, you're right. Right from the start. Yeah. Where they were, like, basing their opinions on things without any data. Yeah. Now they have it. They can at least point themselves in the right direction to get to 2037. That, that's more what I'm getting at. I agree. I agree. He wasn't a fan of rehab, but I think the <laughs> biggest point of rehab is for you to not feel alone. Like there's something wrong with you if you go to a group setting where there's a bunch of people who have problems. And, and if every rehab was like a cushy type of place, like again, why? I just don't understand this idea of like breaking somebody's addiction by treating them worse than they were doing when they were doing that, th you know, like it should I be think, the opposite. I, I think most rehabs will have like a, uh, a two prong thing where you go into a lockdown situation, just sort of try to detox under a lot of supervision. And then you move into a cushier setting with just sort of group talks and stuff. I mean, I for one went for rehab and that's how I saw it. You see, everything has to be done like really fast. That's the problem because they need the beds and they need this. And especially in our country where the medicine is supplied by the government, that's where like the shortfall comes in because they're not going to keep you in a place for six months to try and get you where you need to go comfortably. They're going to get you there in two months and it's going to be a real shit show, you know? But it, if you're going to a place where you can pay for it, I mean, I imagine if you say, I want to pay for the six-month treatment, 
I got to ask though, like rehab, the one thing that no one ever talks about with rehab and I've never been, so maybe I'm wrong. Kamara, you can help me out, but <clears throat> excuse me. It seems like the big thing about rehab is you're almost replacing whatever your addiction is with multiple others. Like coffee and cigarettes are readily available and often like I know a buddy that went into rehab and they were like, you don't stop smoking. If you're a smoker, bring as many cigarettes as you can smoke as much as you feel like you need to. And I just thought to myself, I was like, I mean, I, I understand the reasoning behind it, but it doesn't seem, I don't know, like telling someone to just go crazy with the cigarettes. Ah, uh, I don't know. Or like the caffeine. I like to go to a smoking rehab where I can just do Coke and drink. <laughs> <laughs> That's a short period of time thing though, Matt. They're not saying smoke forever. I get They're it. They're saying smoke while you're getting off of heroin. Yeah. So that you're less stressed. And yeah, smoking. I get it. Yeah. I understand. Have something. Your body, a human beings can only handle so much at a time, you know? I understand. And listen, obviously, if you're hooked on coffee, it's better than being hooked on heroin. I'm well aware of that. I'm just saying is, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of stuff we're addicted to that we don't even talk about. And that's cool. Like Kamara talks about the sugar all the time. It's one of the biggest problems in the world, arguably, as far as health is concerned. I just don't, yeah. I don't think we're meant to be clean. I agree with that. Oh, and I agree with that too, man. Like sometimes I think about people who don't, who are just straight edge. Oh, go fuck And I'm like, I just, I, I can't even, I don't even get it. You know, they don't to even never, jerk off. To never, to never have a break is just, oh, it would be, I don't get it. No, but I just said they don't even jerk off. They don't even jerk off. They may be the more, most balanced because they have the least highs and lows. Oh yeah, I'm probably wrong. Don't like I'm not saying my way was right. I just can't even put myself in the shoes of like Yeah, but those not... straight edge fucks, they're living right on the edge. Because guaranteed anything could make them snap. The smallest thing. Dude, if you haven't Unless jerked they... your dick off in like a year, or had a cigarette, or a joint, or a drink, oh fuck. Like even talking about it is making me angry. But I, no, I don't but think the... masturbation could be compared to um, putting something in your body that changes yeah. your yeah. your mental Nobody, makeup. You're like you're not addicted to masturbation. No, but go go a year without it. But I can still have sex. No, let's throw that out the window too. Well, that's a whole different story. You'd be kicking sixty-yard field goals. <laughs> You'd be blasting them. Yeah, with like people's skulls, man. <laughs> Uh, with his cock, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's uh, we need to legalize drugs because the war on drugs is costing us a ton, and we're losing it. But uh, we need more information on them. I think and we need to be better. Um, we need the government to stop lying to us first of all. Well, that's where I go back to the more people doing them, the more data. I mean, the schedule is a thing, but if it was descheduled, then I think that would happen fast. We'd learn a lot. Well, the question is this, the... if it's been decriminalized in Portugal for 20 years, where's like, there's gotta be tons of hard data coming out of there about heroin, Coke, weed, about Do all you of think it. Spain, it was decriminalized. Portugal's <clears throat> maybe a little less. And I just don't know if it's fair to compare. Like we need data from here, right? From our way of life, not from a way of life somewhere else it's a start it's a start that's all i'm saying it gives, is... you, it gives you some basic uh some basic things you can use but again just because like just as an example 
their uh, dr- drunk uh, driving goes down. That's not to say the same thing is going to happen here. We live a different way. Sure. We drive a different way. We whatever, you know. You know, you know what? <clears throat> when I think about it, though, it doesn't even matter because the UK spent a million dollars on trying to figure out if marijuana impaired drivers. And their study at the end showed that by and large, it has no serious impairment to even the average Joe. And no one uses that study. Like our, our government paid for that study. And we got the info. And we were like, yeah, we don't like this info. So it's just like alcohol. That, that's a problem. So you see the what I'm saying? You have to be involved. You can't, I mean, as a responsible government, I guess you can't release that because then you're going to have people saying, well, the government says it's okay for me to drive high. Like, Well, it, not the government. It, it's science says it's. Pro- I'm probably not going to kill anyone driving high. Or not as much as you're more like, listen, you have to realize that getting behind the wheel is dangerous enough. Sober. I mean, listen, they, they know that tired driving is more dangerous than driving high. And we all drive tired all the time. Anyone driving to work is probably tired. I know, but don't you think that taking out the any variables just makes it safer? Simon, listen, if you're asking me if I want some 16-year-old who just got his license and just smoked his first joint behind the wheel, no, I don't. But... I'm just saying is if we have hard data, why not use it? Well, I mean, I don't know, man. I'm not, I, I don't even know what study you're talking about. So, But think about it. Like let, if I just showed you a study that said that they proved definitively that driving high doesn't impair your driving, you still right there were like, yeah, but does it? You know what I mean? No, but I, I, again, I'm just, I'm not smart enough to be able to say, yeah, Matt, because of that one study, Everybody should drive high. Like, how many studies do you need before, like, something that important becomes doctrine, you know? But but the law has decided it is. But here's the problem, Simon, is we often do this where 15 studies will say it has no effect. And then one study will find it does have an effect. And we go, that's the study we're using. Yeah, and I, I have no problem with what you're saying. I just don't know if this time is that case or, like, who knows, man? Who knows, man? I, I I would just imagine. I think we're on our like way, though. Any driving is so, um, like you said, there are so many variables to begin with, let alone what the other guy is doing. You know, it's like the more you can eliminate. It's like with wearing a mask for COVID. Maybe it works. Maybe it doesn't. But one more line of defense, just in case, uh, I'll take my chances, you know, or I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll wear the mask. But what if the study says they're worse? One study says they're worse. Because you recycle breath, whatever. It's just the same predicament. That one study, how, and I'm being, I'm not being facetious here. Like how many studies do we need? But Simon, how about this is like, you could at least agree then that if a study said that you're most likely not impaired by pot, that we should absolutely never treat it like driving drunk, right? Like you shouldn't go to jail for driving high. That's fucking obscene. That's the kind of right. point I'm making is we don't have to blanket say, treat it like this. We could just say, listen, you shouldn't drive high. And if you do, you'll be ticketed. And if you do it multiple times, you'll be ticketed heavily. But like, we're not going to throw you in jail for what we know scientifically is probably not yeah. going to, you know what I mean? Like, again, we should just be throwing tired drivers in jail too. I mean, I'll agree with not lumping uh, marijuana in with uh, alcohol or any other drugs for that matter. It has to be treated as its own thing. I'll agree to that. But everything should be 
I mean, the fact that we that, lump anything in I together mean. is insane. Like, well, heroin is not problem. coke. Coke that's is not fucking mushrooms. Drugs. Yeah, no, totally. Right? That's like, because then you're lumping coffee in with fucking heroin. And that's not a fair argument either. Yeah. Could oh, there he... be a compromise with self-driving cars? Yes. Well, no, because the self-driving car technically... Um, well, right now we don't have self-driving cars. You have to... And we and drugs aren't legalized, so... No, yes, but that's, sort of... that's the compromise. Kamar, that is the... Com- just take take it... It's one less thing to take out of the equation. Stupid humans and their stupid driving. I mean, listen, I'd be all for a fucking self-driving car where I could just be sitting there smoking a huge joint while it drives me to a restaurant. Like, obviously, that's incredible. How long do you think it would take you, Matt Floyd, to be able to, or, and Kamar, sorry, uh, to be able to, like, accept being driven around without having to be in control? No time. Tomorrow? Tomorrow? Really, eh? Uh, Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I'd have a really hard time with it. I can hardly be the passenger in a car. I I think you would have a hard time. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Me. I would have a hard time. Yeah, I would no, roll I with it immediately. I mean, I was just going to say, this is a bad example for you, but like I fly in planes. By and large, they're flown by themselves. There's two guys up there that know what the fuck yeah. they're doing, but I'm fully yeah. aware that that plane is pretty much doing all the work. Now, I get you it. fly in planes. <laughs> Keep in mind, I get it. There's less variables up there, but that being said, you know, I just saying, uh, Simon, think about this. Imagine driving to Toronto, okay, four and a half hours. And there's traffic, so it makes it five and a half. You're in a minivan with three friends. There's no COVID, so you can be tight. You can be coughing on each other. It's fine. Gross. The car is driving itself. All four seats can be turned to the middle. Dude, you could play poker. You could play... It Like, it makes that trip a hundred times better. Dude, it's amazing. I, I am not disagreeing with that at all. I'm just trying to, like... Okay, so we're close now to self-driving cars. We're, like... 20 right years. There. 20 years. 20. Fuck that, man. I'm sticking within my five-year fucking the big, time In the frame, big man. scheme of things, 20 years is not a long period of time. I think what Kamar is saying, a, though... What, that's a, a huge change. See, Simon, what you want... What, I know what your real issue is, is if tomorrow every single car on the road was self-driving, you'd have no problem with it. I think your yeah, issue is other people. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much I trust the computers, Matt. Maybe in five years the technology will be there, but it'll take 20 years for the transition to be complete. Well, in five years, like Matt's saying, there's probably some self-driving cars, but there's still a, a lot of, like, human error out there, you know? Well, I mean, listen, you can't stop the fact that, like, okay, the four of us could be playing poker in that minivan that I just described on our way to Toronto, none of us paying any attention to the road whatsoever. And some drunk asshole rips in off the on-ramp and, you know, and fucking pit maneuvers us. Next thing you know, we're spinning around. None of us knows why, because we haven't been paying any attention to the road. I mean, that's always still going to be, I don't know. I mean, listen, there's risk to fucking everything. It is what it is. What there else are you have? so many risks to driving, though, that we just absolutely don't take into account every time you back your car out of the laneway, you know? Oh, I and if you if you did, and this is people's point about COVID, right? Like if you did, 
you'd be way more afraid to go driving every day than you would to go to the grocery store. Yeah. Oh, I was just saying, I think um, self-driving cars is a something that could help the argument for legalizing of drugs. Uh, I mean, the big thing, his mission in this book was, was to change perception. And I was wondering if we have too much respect for drugs and not enough respect for people. How so? We're just, we're the, the, if you do the drugs, it'll just ruin us. Like it's, 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 uh, educated, um, regulated usage of the stuff is a completely different thing, but we just see them as uh, monsters and stuff. And, and we have to have more compassion. Like if someone's an alcoholic or someone's a junkie, we're just like, uh, you know, fuck them, the drugs, but maybe they're, they, they, they're hurting and need help. It's not the guns, it's the gun owners. Is that what you're driving at here? Something like that. I don't know if I ever know that. I mean, I feel like maybe this is what I got out of what you were saying. Kind of. This is a stretch, but this is what I came up with on my own. There's a million things in your home that you could inject into yourself that would kill you quickly, slowly, whatever. They're all legal. You can buy them, you can sell them, whatever. None of them probably get you high. And that seems to be the distinction we have is the things in your house that you can inject into yourself that'll kill you, we don't give a fuck. Because the odds are you're probably not going to do it. But the second it might get you high, we have a real fucking issue with that. Like a real problem with that. Matt, that's really interesting. I kind of never thought about it that way before. So basically, it's not a war on drugs. It's a war on fun. In a way, yeah. Or on on expanding your mind, opening your horizons, kind of thinking, yeah, I'm with you. But fun is what leads to opening your mind. <laughs> if drugs were sold only as like a tool, nobody would really want to do them. It's the fact that this tool is so fucking fun to use, you know? Well, and the second you say, and then there's the religious thing. Like the second this guy says something like, a little bit of Coke makes sex a whole bunch better. You know what I mean? The religious people are like, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, then out. It's out. You don't fuck for fun. You fuck to procreate and that's it. And you better be married. Well, yeah, the fact a- Sorry, go ahead, Kimmer. I said that'll be the craziest thing is the day we see politicians out loud saying the word heroin or cocaine or whatever, and realistically, like, for the betterment of society. Like, I, I couldn't imagine weed was going to be legalized, so anything's possible. I mean, listen, I think if you got an honest poll of Congress and asked them how many of them smoked weed growing up, how many of them tried coke growing up, it's probably a staggering number. Like, I bet five out of six tried Coke. I bet fucking six out of six tried weed. Well, like the Bill Clinton thing, that kind of sums it all up. I did not inhale. Sure. Convenient. Which just sounds completely, sounds like Kamala Harris now. As he's snorting a line off uh, what's-her-name's tits, you know? Ghislaine Maxwell? No, no. Oh. Uh, blue dress. Uh, oh, Monica Lewinsky. Monica Lewinsky. Monica Lewinsky. Fuck. It would have been way funnier if I could have remembered it. <laughs> if you had banged it out, yeah. <laughs> All right, Kamar, do you have anything else? We've given this guy an hour, which he deserved, nope. but... Um, nope, nope, nope. No. At, this rate, at this rate, it's going to be a four-hour podcast. Yes, it is, yeah. I mean, this was a, uh, this was a heavily drug-inspired episode, so I, I think we gave it... You know, it's fair to... I would listen to this one, though, for sure. Right in our wheelhouse. Yeah. Do we want to rate it? Start with I support the, his mission. I give it a four. 
And I highly recommend that movie he was in Crack, if you don't know what that's all about. Oh, you also watched it, Kamar? Yeah, I watched it, like, as the same time. Yeah, okay, me and you, there we go. Um, Simon, you want to rate it? I'm going to give this one a three and a half, and I'll tell you why. Great stuff. I really appreciate what this guy's all about, but there was just a little bit of... Um, too much Trump bashing, eh? <laughs> no, too much hate. Like, just... Oh, he shot on Dr. That's... Drew for a while as well. And again, I, I don't mind. Those guys are fucking charlatans. I'm all for that, but I, I don't know, man. It, it just came across a little bit like sour grapes. I don't know. Well, I don't know. He's really against meanness. And his... Uh... Talk about Dr. Drew was his experience talking to him saying this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. Yeah. It's not like hearsay or based on Again, well, I just want to show and I don't like him. If your whole thing is against meanness, then you shouldn't be mean to people, even Dr. Drew. Fair I enough. guess he's an expert. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the uh, next one. Did you rate it, Matt? Yeah. Go oh, uh, a four. I thought I gave it a four. Just you in didn't. case, just in case, it's a four. No. Okay. Oh, sorry, that's right. You went into your little diatribe about why you were giving a three and a half. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. I yeah. give it a yeah. four. Uh, there you go. Definitely worth listening to, for sure. I think we would yeah, all agree no. this one's worth listening to. Great episode. Whether you're for or against drugs, listen to this episode. Because I think it will, if you're against it, it'll change your mind. And if you're for it, it'll give you maybe some better insight as to... How to so, go about it. Yeah. <laughs> How if, to if procure you're, them. If you're against drugs, there's no way you're listening to this podcast. Listen, whatever you're against, you should listen to something that is pro it so that you can at least. No, I'm just saying yeah, listening to ROR podcast. Oh, yeah. If you're pro, yeah. If you're anti drugs, you're never going to be listening to our podcast. So you'd be out after like minute 12. Yeah. There's uh, no way you've come this far. Okay. Let's move on to the next. 1594. Uh, half of the hyenas, um, and it's Greek. I was gonna say, and it's Bobbis. Let me get there, Kamar. Jesus Christ, uh, it sucks for me because I requested the other half of the hyenas. Well, Kamar is convinced that he isn't far behind, so I said it's weird that they wouldn't have been on together. I have a feeling he won't be on. I've you know, Joe just doesn't have certain people on. I think it's one of those. I think DeStefano will be one of those. Yeah, like a Nate Bargatze, you mean? Precisely. Well, they're different, but yeah, possibly. They're different. What do you mean? What? I think Chris DeStefano's like, if Giannis Pappas is a lefty, I think Chris DeStefano's a righty. Gotcha. But, Sorry, but I, th- I don't think so, though. I think Chris DeStefano, I, here's what I think about him. I think he has a dad who is like <laughs> super New York right wing. Oh, his family is, yeah. Yeah, and I think, but he grew up in New York around like, you know, centrist left wing. Again, we're talking '90s left wing, so not this woke horse shit. But it's sort of like Giannis is a lefty, but then all the gender stuff. You know what I mean? It's sort of like a a right tinge to it, or whatever. But anyways, one of the best things I think that is going to come out of this is when Chris talks to him about the experience on the hyenas. You're saying. I think he'll get a hard time for jokes bombing and, and just doing stuff. Just just the way they bust balls like nobody's business. So I think that might be the best thing that comes out of Yanis being on the show, but I really enjoyed him. I mean, let's keep in mind, Joe gave him almost four hours, which means Joe must have liked him. 
they were having a great talk and get to know each other because they didn't know each other too well. Uh, just off the top, racial jokes are funny. I'm sorry. Yes. Are you kidding me? That's my bread. Just, that's, that's my just, bread and butter. That's just the way it is, kids. Um, Hold on, listen. Intent... Everything is funny. Yeah, it can be funny, but, but just to say, racial jokes aren't funny. Like the uh, he was saying, the waiter goes, "It says, how do you get a one-armed Polish out of the tree? Wave." Like he's not even <laughs> the Polish even matters, but just. The whole sentiment and everything is just funny. If we can't laugh for ourselves on that level, we're doomed. Yeah, I just, I don't under, listen, I told Simon that anti-Semitic joke and he nearly pissed himself laughing. That's what jokes are about. It's, it, here, here we are. It's not meant to hurt anyone. It's meant to make you laugh. It's meant to make you see the absurdity in life. Fuck off. And sometimes, like Patrice says, you can go too far, but you can't find out too far unless you try. Yeah, and when you go too far, I'm just tired of people acting hurt. The problem is offended. Is that some people knowing that are clearly going out to just be offensive. And you have to like um Sure, but get I think through those all the shit, you I, know, to sometimes get the ones that really mean it. I think those people are usually found out pretty quick and it's pretty obvious to the listener and the audience. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of any successful offensive racist comic. Maybe Jeff Dunham. <coughs> yeah, that's what I was about to say. Like the cream. The puppetry is more uh, offensive. Yeah, he can only get away with that because he uses puppets. I mean, going back to the last guest real quick, Nick DiPaolo. I, yep. like, you know, I... I can't believe he was actually offended at whatever he said to him, whatever crowd work he was doing. He's pretty raw. Yeah, he is pretty raw, but like, it's a fucking comedy show. Who gives a fuck? That was but, part of my point five, Matt. But I believe he, but I believe he mentioned that he bombed. So yeah, he might've been having a Bill Burr Philly rant. Sure. And, yeah. Over the top. So I just can't imagine Chris DiPaolo, like deep Nick. down inside or Nick DiPaolo rather really giving a fuck about an interracial couple. Like, I'm sure he was just trying to, like, save this show that was going north or that's, south. That's my point, whatever. is he's out there trying to make you laugh, and you wanted to confront him after the show because... No, no, the, I, I, we're in agreement. I, I, I'm surprised Kamar's also not in agreement. Kamar? Well, I'm just defending that he could be really mean and not funny. Yeah, and it's uh, because he's having a suck attack on stage. Yeah, fair enough. I just it, assume it, he's it, a professional. Uh, well, it, when you bomb, well, everything goes to the window, and you're just like, it's not good. Well, no, and but I mean, hopefully look, that ha doesn't happen. You, you, you know, lose your cool. You know when they talk about like uh, generals in the army or guys who have to lead platoons, and when the shit really hits the fan, because those are the guys who need to be able to keep their head. That's the difference between like a professional comedian and and I'm using that in air quotes and a not like they keep their head while they're bombing. But the professional comedian in generally uh, at a point is sort of joking to their crowd. And like he said, it was a night of like five comics and the rest were all woke and they were hitting good. And then he came on. It wasn't like his show or his crowd in any event. Everyone can have an off 
off Doctor time. Doctor Hart should have fucking done more of whatever drug he was taking that night and just chilled the fuck out. He well, just, he senses meanness. Like Simon, I think Kramer's a great example. You know what I mean? I was like thinking that that's not obviously that's not even a racial joke. It's just someone on stage yelling um, nonsense. So. And he was immediately canceled for it. You know what I mean? Like, and I don't mean canceled in the cancel well, culture you, way. Are you sticking up for Michael Richards? No, not at all. What I'm saying is you were saying there's a difference between someone telling racial jokes and then you were saying there's some people that are just out there trying to be edgy. He's at a comedy like, club. He's just trying to make you laugh. Like that well, was... I mean, yeah, I, I, sorry, Matt. I don't, what ahead. I'm saying is that's an example of someone losing their cool and then just... Not even, I guess, attempting to be funny, but there's obviously a limit to where you're no longer even trying to be funny. Maybe you're just trying to be an asshole. And I think that was that that was just him losing his cool. Of course, that was because that's not what I'm talking about, though. I was talking about guys who are like actively writing racist comedy because they know that it's going to. That's what I'm telling you, though, is feathers and make a name for themselves. I don't think you'll find those. Like, this is the thing is the, the trying to make a name for yourself thing that happens through being like an Anthony Jeselnik and just writing a joke that that gets a ton of laughs, but offends a small minority of people. I think that's what you're I just don't think like Kamar saying those guys don't end up being anyone. The people that are out there writing what you're talking about. I just don't I don't know that that exists, especially well, in this day and age. A whole, a whole new uh, wing of comedy that's coming, you know? MAGA comedy? Yeah. Kamar? So what do you guys think of Jose Canseco? <laughs> um, what do you mean? Is he a bad guy or is he a hero? Because they were just talking about how he did the tell-all book exposing bad baseball. Gu- bad guy. He did that tell-all book for the money, not, to, not as, like, uh, saving baseball. Also, he's not a hero. Like, I would never, ever call him a hero for... He's not Edward Snowden, if that's what you're getting at. I don't know. I I, just, I, I, I was wondering, like, in the aftermath, when it came out, it was a real piece of shit move. But, like, it's for the best, right? That I got exposed and they cleaned up baseball? We're talking... Yeah, hold on, though. We're also it talking... It because of his book. We're also talking about a guy that arguably never, ever would have been in Major League Baseball had it not been for steroids. So, definitely not a hero. Like benefited off, benefited off Kamar, the guy, the guy had a fly ball go off his head and over the wall for a home run. I'm fucking done. Okay. That's it. Um, But I'm pretty sure he could have been a baseball player without steroids, just like Barry Bonds was. And just everything changed once he did steroids to a hyper level. It's so crazy to look at Barry Bonds in those first few years before the juice. And he is just like, not even the same person at all. He's a UPS delivery driver. But Kamara, that's what I'm saying. Fine. Okay. Maybe he would have made, how about this? He would have been like between the minors and the majors kind of player versus Jose Canseco, who's like a known name. All I'm saying is. Well, superstar. I think he'd be a baseball player. Fine. All I'm saying is he benefited off the steroids his whole career. And then when his career is done, he then continues to benefit off the steroids by being this like white knight who's like, I don't know. I just think if he had broken all those records, he never would have said shit. So he wasn't a uh, whistleblower. Was he was at. just a party pooper. 
Well, something I think, like that. I don't know about party boober. Was there? Did you ever, for one second, think that guys in baseball weren't juiced up? I didn't. I didn't really think about it. Yeah, me either. It never occurred to me until I thought they were just massive guys. Yeah, me too. See, me too. Again, like I don't watch a lot of baseball, but I I watched a lot of baseball that year that Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire were going at it, and like it just didn't make sense that all of a sudden people were breaking this record that was that old. And the reason the record was... Go ahead. No, no, go ahead. Sorry. Well, I was going to say the reason the record was that old was most likely because of just the way pitching was back then. Like, pitching now is fucking bananas. You shouldn't be hitting 80 home runs a year. You shouldn't be hitting 50. It's impossible to say what my mindset was this many years later, knowing everything I know now. I agree. But I really don't think I was like, oh, it's steroids. The league's out of control. I really think the... um, Conseco book was sort of like a pull back the curtain. Kamar, you were caught up in dinger, dinger, dinger. Like it was so exciting, man. Are you talking about my cocaine days? No, Both. I'm talking about baseball. <laughs> yeah, no, I was so excited. I don't think I was like, oh, this is fucking offside because it's all steroids. Yeah, I that never even, uh, I never even thought anything was offside. Back. And there's but, been nothing like that since. But that's what I'm saying is like, uh, sitting here right now, I don't give a shit. You know why? Because for a summer, I gave a shit about baseball. So, fucking roid up, boys. <laughs> dingers, man. Everybody yeah. wants dingers. The only problem I think is... Seiko is better than he is for trade. <laughs> I mean, I just don't think Jose Canseco was like a great guy. So, I mean, it's fair enough. I get where you're coming from, Kamar, but I could never call him a hero, ever. I got three no. words for you, Kamar, and they're not, and it's not winds of change. Snitches get stitches. <laughs> and a reduced sentence from the crown. Um, Nobody likes a rat. He, uh, he talked to him about the Stephen A. Smith thing. Yeah, I don't like the, that the Joe... Confrontation. Are we sure that Donald Cerrone didn't acknowledge that he wasn't... He did. I got up for the fight. This is my thing is I sat here and listened to this and I was like, this is crazy because Joe still won't admit fault here. Stephen Look, A was not wrong. I really think it's semantics. It's not semantics. Donald Cerrone came out two months later and said, and I quote, I quote him not verbatim, but I believe this was the quote. I was not mentally prepared for that fight that night, which is exactly pretty much what Stephen A. Smith said. Was it not? He- I just yeah, don't so think sort of correct. I don't think Stephen A. Smith was the one who should have been saying it. Listen, he's there. Listen, that's his just job. Just because he was right and he and he got lucky, like that doesn't make it right. Why is it lucky? He said what he saw. He's he. Listen, you can argue that he's not a fucking an MMA like pundit, but but he's, he's seen enough boxing. And he's seen else. enough sports in general. He. I, I don't know. I think he understands the mindset of high-level athletes. He said what he saw, and Joe took, like, serious offense. Again, I understand Joe's point. And I... What Joe said this episode was, I would rather you big up the guy that won than tear down the guy that lost. There's and no have respect for all the fighters at the, at the baseline. That I can get down with. Go ahead, Simon. You're shaking your head. No, no, I just, I don't think, I didn't think it was cool at the time. I don't think it's cool now. I think Stephen A. First of all, I don't think Stephen A. Smith shouldn't even been on the broadcast. It didn't make any sense. So whatever. But 
Donald Cerrone now to, to say that it's easy now because you've lost and it's over. Like maybe, um, what's his name? Uh, like I'm not a Connor fan, but maybe Connor, Connor did just come out and like fucking run over this guy. And it's easier for him to say that. And I love Donald, like, but you know, men's pride is men's pride. Maybe he's just like, doesn't want to say that guy was fucking way fucking better than I was. And that's what happens. There are different levels to this sport. We say it all the time. We saw it last night with Holloway, man. There are different fucking levels to this sport. But I just think Holloway came in last night just as a random example of an anyone about to fight just possessed. Like, like the, the other guy wasn't chop suey. It's just he ran into a guy who was ready to go. Hold on, hold on. But I, I want to bring up. I wasn't. I want to bring up a great counterpoint though, Simon. Real quick to what you're saying is, it's also fighting, and it's any given night. And like Cerrone, you could argue on that night got run over by a better fighter. But if you catch Cerrone on a different night. Like, here's a good example. Max Holloway fought Volkanovski twice in a row. That was his last two fights. He lost the first one. And then the second one, he lost by the most controversial decision of the year. I would say 98% of fighters and, and people watching thought Holloway won that fight and should have gotten the title back. He still, to this day, is like, I won that fight. You could argue that he goes into this fight possessed because he's like, if I don't knock this guy out, I have to make it so definitive in the the uh, judges' eyes that they can't give this guy the fight. And knowing that he's fighting a crazy Boston, Massachusetts fucking tough guy, like, I'm just saying, what Stephen A. was saying was not Donald Cerrone is a bad fighter, or that Donald, he was just saying, on this particular night, it didn't look like he was prepared. And then again, for Donald Cerrone, keep in mind too, Joe got angry. Donald Cerrone didn't say shit. Donald Cerrone might have gone back to his hotel room, watched that, and been like, damn, for a guy who doesn't cover MMA, he really saw that. In, you know, I don't know. I just don't know, Simon. Joe is definitely, like, being the peacemaker here. And if he was really holding strong to his guns, I think he would be saying exactly what I'm saying, which is he may be right in the assessment he made, but I'm not out there calling fucking basketball players lazy because I don't fucking know. Sure, but keep in mind, Stephen A. goes out there and calls basketball players lazy all the time. So That's the sport he comments on, he, isn't it? No, he comments on all sports. Okay. Basketball is his bread and butter. That's where he got his start in like beat writing, I believe. So that is, of course, what he has the most knowledge in. But on his show, they cover, they cover it all. So. When it first happened, I... Go ahead. When it first happened, I thought Stephen A. was totally wrong and Joe was totally right. But as it went down, I was like, I guess Stephen Ray sort of knows he's talking about, and Joe's just sticking to his guns. Let's also keep in mind, we <coughs> give Joe a ton of credit. If you go on a lot of uh, MMA forums, they're all calling for Joe to be removed as an announcer. They're like, this guy doesn't fucking know what he's talking about anymore. It's all perspective, right? It's how you feel. It's how we, you know, I don't know. I'm just giving you one simple man's opinion. <laughs> Uh, they, they talked a bit about how he uh, got COVID and was scared by the news. If there's a point where enough people have vaccinated or passes, can we make a law that the news is not allowed to reference COVID? So you want to silence the fact that there was a pandemic? <laughs> I think so. Okay. I think that it's so it's so in the news so much it'd be just like. <laughs> 
once a year you can say, oh yeah, I remember this thing, but just stop talking about it if it's not necessary. I like how he asked us that question like it wasn't actually rhetorical. <laughs> My favorite is that Kamara seems to want a news network that's like Sunshine News, where they just only yeah, give you... Yeah, yeah, that, that'd be great. You don't want anyone to be deplatformed, but nobody can talk about COVID. If you do, you get the platform. Yeah. Well, they talk about it too much now. They're, they're getting their use out of it, and uh, they'll have to find other news one day. Yeah, Kamar. what the hell are they going to talk about without Trump and COVID? Well, I, they're they're going to be talking about Trump for a long time. I think they're not letting go of that dead horse. I feel without like five COVID, days. I feel like five days after. To talk about. I feel like five days after nine eleven, Kamar was like, "Man, they're really milking this thing for all it's fucking worth." <laughs> like what? Uh, and it wasn't social media, so maybe it would have been overblown by then. I I was so obsessed with it. Like I have nine eleven syndrome. I wake up every day to see what happens in the world. But uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> But maybe that's um, it, Kamar. Do you think maybe it's the social media aspect? Like, if social media wasn't around and it was just media, would you no, be as no. bothered? Every morning I drive to work and listen to CBC, and it's just it's it's gotten too much. Why don't you turn off the news? Because I don't like listening to commercials on the radio, and CBC doesn't play. Usually, they have, <laughs> usually they have in my drive time. It's usually traffic, weather, pretty pedestrian stuff. But this is cr- end. This is crazy. All day long, I just have these people. Talking in my ears. Trump this, Trump that. Why don't you take your earphones out? Nah. Yeah. What are you nuts? I don't know. I want to find out whether roads are busy. Anyways, um, <laughs> he talked about he talked about how Jack Ma has disappeared. Yeah, I read that this week. Would people just lose their mind if uh, all of a sudden Jack Dorsey just disappeared? Or Elon Musk? Well, I, I, I guess he's spoken poorly of the government but uh i think uh uh zuckerberg or dorsey or someone from google would be the most uh crazy why what about any know. billionaire how about any if uh, come on let's just if mark cuban tomorrow disappeared after saying anything anybody bill gates yeah it would be a fucking big deal i i just a think these, deal. why bill gates no, you, you would even know if he disappeared. No one cares about him. Did you know, actually, sidebar, he's the biggest farmland owner in the United States? Bill Gates is? Yeah. I thought Jeff Bezos oh, was, although I just read that Bill Gates is going to change how we farm, so that probably has a lot to do with that. Was that the article? Uh, no, just uh, that's not the one everybody has the most, but you didn't know about that, so you don't know. <laughs> no, I, I don't know shit. More... <laughs> Jack Dorsey specifically. Don't you ever talk down to me. They're looking um, at this deplatforming thing as a power, and I mean, we'll get into how it works in Just the next save podcast. That. Save that for after the break, yeah. But, I mean, they talk about... The, 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 the next podcast nullifies a bunch of stuff they talked about. Um, as always, I want to feel like it is to be shot. <laughs> <laughs> you want to know what it's like to be shot. Well, he talked about the story of his work at the bar and he got shot. And, and I just, I reaffirming my desire to get shot. Yeah, you're an idiot. Now, now let me get this straight, Kamar. Do you want to wear a bulletproof vest and nope. get shot? So, no, so no, wanna... I'm willing for the real one. As long you as I'm shot, it's not fatal. The bullet to go into <laughs> you, you want to know what all that's like? If they know there's a part you can be shot and it's the least um, 
threatening to your life, that, now, that, that's what I want, yeah. Kamar, in your ideal world here, would you rather get shot and the bullet lodge in you or get shot and the bullet go clean through you? Well, as Giannis says, it's if it go stays in you, it actually comes out, they remove it surgically. <laughs> I believe the healthiest option is for it to go right through you. Yeah. No, but I mean, if you're going the whole way anyways, you might as well get the full experience of the bullet being inside you for a while. No, that makes air travel a fucking nightmare. Nobody's might help you steal. It might, it might help you steal gold, though. Um, <laughs> it's not gold in my anus. It's a fucking bullet. He mentioned my favorite Joe Rogan bit, which is the Hugh Hefner bit. Yeah. Lucky, lucky lady. Which I don't think has ever been on a, uh, on a, on a special. But, I mean, that is my all-time... If if you were to compare, like, the Sam uh, Kinison bit that is told, I would tell that bit to represent Joe Rogan. And I think he's changed drastically from that. That's a really interesting um, idea, Kamar. Like, based on comedian, what joke do you associate with them? Interesting. Very interesting. Bill like Burr. Tom Segura, Bill what's Burr. his joke? <coughs> Bill Burr, what's his joke? Bill Burr might be his pit bull. <laughs> when he gets a pit bull and he's working out. Like or Jim, Jim Jeffries, what's his joke? Oh, gun I think... control. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, for him, it's got to be gun control. I'd have to like be looking at their bits to be able to tell you. I can't. My memory's not good enough to... Uh... Think of these off the fly. For Chappelle for I me just... for Chappelle for me lately, it's the Bourdain joke. It just fucking sits in my mind. Going there. Well, I'm a big sucker for coming full circle. Yeah. So Oh, that joke is definitely a full circle one. Well, no, his joke with the uh, gay superhero is also one of those that goes all the oh, way. Oh fuck, around. that is so, so good. So great. He saves, Anyways. but he rapes. <laughs> but he saves. <laughs> but is it? But just his whole face and the expression is yeah. so good. Anyways, <coughs> go on, Kamar. What'd you guys think about when uh, Joe sort of defended Kanye West? Like, I'm done with this. I can't believe it. I'm done with this too, man. I, I, it like enrages me. You can't. You're treating me like an idiot. I don't like being treated like an idiot. Yeah. There's no way Joe knows something you guys don't know. Let me tell you something, and I am not lying here, okay? That is the type Thank you for of honesty. shit that in a normal situation might make me take a really long break from any given podcast. <laughs> you know what I mean? For sure. That it's kind unacceptable of like opinion. Looking me straight through the fucking podcast waves and calling me an asshole. Yeah, I agree. I could not agree more, Simon. That's exactly, that is exactly how I feel about it. Like, really, this, this is what you think of me? You think I'm this fucking gullible? Just say it. Just he say must it. know you, something you've you done guys it, don't man. know. It's fucking, no, man. Joe's too nice sometimes. That's just all there is to it. Like, Kamar, but you, you I, guys would assume that by this time, Joe would be like, yeah. Kanye is uh, 
Fly what, a, high, you know? what a fucking maniac. I assume those words come out of his mouth at some might be point. Too much. No, the worst is this. What, what I'm really understood. What I'm really worried about is that Kanye does some absolute, like, fully batshit crazy, like, past the line batshit crazy stuff down the road. And Joe will still sit there and be like, I got to be honest, I had him on the podcast and he didn't seem that unhinged. And we're all going to have to sit here and be like, what are you talking about? Can I tell you what the real problem is, Maddie? It's. Oh, Simon froze. That's. Oh, oh, oh. He's got a good cum. He's got a good cum face out. going there, though. Get yeah. Get <laughs> Am I back? Uh, you're. <laughs> you're back now. Yeah, it's very. It's very. Uh, well, it's pixelated. Sorry. Sorry about that. Okay, go it's ahead. It's like at the beginning of Trump's selection, at the beginning of Trump's uh, tenure. Yeah. Where the. Where um, people were, you know, this guy's crazy. This is going to end terribly, blah, blah, blah. And then it ends terribly. And everybody's like, yeah, you see, I told you, look at us. We were right. It's, it's the same thing with Kanye. Like, he's going to do something good, like Kamar says. He's going to make a billion dollars or something. And everybody's going to be like, oh, yeah, misunderstood genius. Like, no, no. no. Just because it happens doesn't make you right. I think you guys are too sure about yourself, but uh, that remains to be seen. My favorite thing about Trump's presidency is that when he became president, and it was one of my favorite memes, was that and I'm assuming her sexual preference was that lesbian in the hat, in the glasses, crying and screaming to the gods that Trump had been elected. And everyone was just like, this is ridiculous. This is so stupid. I remember Kamar just being like, <laughs> Kamar specifically being like, well, no one's going to do that bullshit. And they're so and much worse. They're, <laughs> they're so it. much worse. I still think that's ridiculous. And she's going to be time woman of the year or something. <laughs> <laughs> Oh no! It'll be the protesters. First of all, she'll be time um, man of the year. No, it's person. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, you're person, right. Person of the year, and it's not really Matt because we know that they give it to objects. It's thing of so. the year. Yeah. Do we think uh, that we may be closer to chimps than we are to aliens? Yeah, hundred percent. So there's a big, there's a long time before we get to aliens. Still. I, I was listening to something the other day where they were like going on, they were waxing poetic about everything human beings had done. And in the middle of it, they were like, we've explored the universe. And I was like, hold, whoa, whoa, back the fuck up. And I was like, we've gone here where we're from to the moon, debatable, according to my cohorts. And that's it. We've sent stuff to Mars and we've sent stuff to space, but we haven't explored the fucking universe. Shut the fuck up. Could, could we just back up one second, though? Like, we know that we are from somewhere, kind of, from monkeys. But we don't know that aliens are a final version of us. No, we don't know that for sure. So, yeah, yeah. we're definitely closer to monkeys, for sure. But by the if the assumption is that aliens are humans from the future, under that assumption, then we're so close to the chimps that we Again, are aliens. Like, what alien are you talking about? Are you talking about a gray alien? Because for all we know, that's like an android that the real alien sends down. I'm trying to uh, accept some parameters to look at. I'm not trying to question what all aliens are. So, mm -hmm. Kamar, what Kamar is saying is, 
if the, we might, are we closer to monkeys or a potential alien us species was his question, I believe. It, and I think we're closer to chips and aliens, making aliens a long ways away still. Like, imagine if we find out that aliens are the the things coming from a different galaxy are exactly like us, except they've actually found the X Factor. So, like, everything's the same, you know what I mean? They're just us, but... They well, have found that one thing that allows for interdimensional travel. We would get into that in the in the last podcast, but they might have infrared eyes. It's not exactly like us. That's cool. Um, Anyways. Uh, they were talking about Dubai and stuff. Yeah. And do you guys ever stop and think that Dubai wasn't there 60 years ago? Yeah, I love that photo. I love the photo of Dubai. It's like one dude with a camel in the desert. In like 1959, and that was Dubai. Like it's hard to grasp and how we look at societies and like this city's been here for a hundred years and like it isn't though. This can happen well, really whole... fast. This is the thing, Kamar. With <laughs> modern technology mixed with ancient slavery, yeah, you can, dude, you can do sit, you can do stuff so quickly, like so fast. Look at China; they built that hospital in like a day. Well, yeah, the dictatorships have, are the most productive. It takes so us. Think of, Go ahead, Simon. That's a re, that's a really good point, Matt. And think about when that slavery becomes done by machines, and you don't have to like deal with pesky humans and their tiredness, ha- having to breathe and shit. You know. <coughs> yeah. This this world will be ruined in no time. Like the only thing holding us back from total. Um, self-destruction is the fact that humans can only work so fast and so hard. I mean, yes and no, Simon. You could argue, you could argue, uh, which Kamar probably would, that AI, again, could figure out ways to solve it all as well. Like, for everything you're talking about, we could create robots that could plant trees. That's just their job. They're just out there fucking steady planting trees. So, you know... I also saw that some guy from MIT created a synthetic leaf that can suck up uh, carbon and um, it creates oxygen. So because we can't grow plants in space, this guy could actually make, like, technically speaking, you could make enough of this stuff to create, like, oxygen naturally. using It's fucking insane. So who knows? 20 years from now, if we're still alive, it could be fucking nuts. Here, listen... Bear with me on this one for a second. I was thinking about this the other day. So do you guys remember at the beginning of this pandemic, I read you the list of other years that were like 2020, 19, 19, 18, 18. Yeah, yeah. And in, and in every one of those years, there seemed to be some sort of... Um, Cataclysmic event. Yes, yeah, something bad was going on. There's probably no at all like this version of the simulation was every um year built into the simulation that ends in itself there is a pandemic of some sort and depending on where we are in the history of this simulation like now we can deal with it better than they dealt with it in 1818 and maybe when it happens in 3030 we'll be so far along that like it won't even be a blip on the radar, you know? 
It's well, an optimistic view. I mean, wouldn't you argue that when it happened in thirty thirty, it would be uh, it would be something with the machines? Maybe, Matt, or maybe it's always a viral pandemic gotcha. in, in this part of the simulation. And, like, it really hurt us bad in 1818. In 1919, it crippled us. In 2020, it was pretty bad. In 3030, we didn't even notice it. And then, I don't know. Who I mean, knows, man? Don't forget, we have short memories. <clears throat> the 20s, <clears throat> the 1920s were awful. Well, 1919 was terrible. That's what I'm saying. No, the, the 30s were really bad, too. In between that was amazing. Um, at one point, he sort of got sappy and said how he, the Roaring Twenties, the Depression of the 30s. Um, at one point, he talked about how he might have been fuck everything, but now that he's his daughter, he wants the world to be a good place and stuff. And I think kids might be saving the world and people have them and then being inspired to do good on behalf of the kid. And I felt listening to this episode, I'm sort of. I feel bad that I probably won't have a kid. Do you want to have a kid? I, th- I think I think everyone does whether they want to or not. Like it's what you're created to do, whether everyone does it or not. I'm asking is, you. Uh, different story. Right now, like as, as animals were supposed to reproduce. Yeah, but you could argue that we've evolved past that. You could. I mean, I was having a discussion with someone that romance is and created. Right, so. But it's not like I could just, if I want to have a kid, go have a kid. Like, there, there's a bunch of well, stuff you, I have to find out consent to having it. You should just save your sperm right now because as a man, you can have that kid right <laughs> into your 70s if you want to. As a woman, you're really on the clock. You know? But I still have to have someone who wants to have a kid with me, right? But at least at that point. Oh, yeah, right, right, yeah. Just, just off the bat to give it the best chance. Yeah. And so, uh, I don't know if that'll happen. Simon, they sad. also believe that uh, um, a man over 40 um, having a kid is that kid has the highest chance of autism. Yes, I know. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying. But not from the man. I think it's from the lady, isn't it? No, it's the sperm. Yeah. It has to do with the sperm. I'm pretty sure. But maybe well, I'm wrong. Old guys have kids that are fine, so. There's a- well, I know they do. Kumar- Go ahead. Kumar, are you not entered into any deals with any ladies that, like, when you both hit a certain age, if you're both single, you'll... You'll impregnate no. each other. Uh, I, I didn't know. Whatever. I didn't know you could do that kind of contract. I mean, I assume. <laughs> like, let's be serious. I assume Kamar has two kids. No, that I don't know. Yeah, that'd be exciting it, for <laughs> sure. It would just been easier if I had a kid by accident, or sorry, not on purpose by now, and just coping with it. Than well, you the prospect almost, of <clears throat> you almost did. I know, but I didn't. So th- it would be better if I did. I'm just as I'm getting older. There's a lot of father talk, and Joe sort of got choked up. I think you're right, though, Kamar. Like, not nothing to do about you being a dad, but I think that um, it probably saves the world in the way. I mean, obviously by reproducing, because without it, we're just going to be a lost species, anyways. But it makes people better for the most part. I think. Look, there are still some really lousy parents out there, no doubt about it. But for the most part, I think it flips yeah. a switch in a lot of people to like. I think so too. Get you maybe on a better path, or I don't know. 
I mean, listen, I know enough people that were terrible shitbags and they had kids and turned their life around immediately. Um, but I don't, I don't know. I don't know if there's enough research, but I, I just thought it was interesting how he put it. Uh, then he talked about how he's the uh, superstar Scandinavian. <laughs> Before COVID, he was going over there acting like a rock star. Yeah. And it's so weird how they have like, one country can understand the language but not speak it, but and there's they're all so close you think it'd be basically the same thing, right? Yeah, like you'd you'd drive twenty minutes over to Austria and they'd get you too, but over there they're like, no. And we've always had a discussion about languages, and I think the the only way out now for unity would be everyone to speak sign language. Well, once we're all hooked up to the neurolink, we can just think. Well, couldn't we, that'll bypass it. Couldn't we just all agree on English? I knew that was coming. Okay, this is the problem, though. Sign language isn't any... Anyone. It's like French. Okay, we get your language, French. It's the most neutral of languages. No, we well, take the deaf people. you got to be able to see. you got to be able yeah. to see to use it. It's absolutely not. So it's uh, discriminatory against blind people. At some point along the way, they decided that deaf... And this is no offense to anybody who's deaf, but they've decided that is the least um, impacted category, I guess. Because <laughs> all language, no matter what, besides sign language, is vocal. Uh, well, I yeah. think lang. Okay, yeah, sure. Well, written language is auditory. It's it's done with sounds, clicks, yeah. whatever. Blind deaf people, people are, are fucked. Blind people aside, sign language, I think, is the most possible universal language. Well, you know what? Because people who deal with deaf people learn it. Well, it made me think the other day. So <clears throat> I remember we had this conversation like a month ago because there was a guy on Lex's podcast who's like an AI guy. And they, uh, Lex asked him, he was like, he was like, so if you could, if you could live in the simulation, you could have like the nicest house in the world, but why would you want it? Because all your neighbors have the nicest house as well. And the guy's answer was like, well, who cares? Why would I not want the nicest house in the world? Like, what do I give a shit if my neighbor lives in a great house? We should all get to live in great houses. But then, and I was fine with that. I was like, I totally agree with that. But then I thought about like any skill. So like, uh, like playing the piano, for example, if everyone can just plug in and learn how to play the piano, then why bother? Right. It's no longer like, it's no longer the point of a skill is that it's tough to do and that it's, I guess, impressive for the most part. Right. But isn't that like saying, um, everybody can tie their shoes. Why fucking bother? Well, no, cause that's utilitarian. You want to learn to tie your shoes, but like, for example, like language. So like you said, Simon, if everyone knew English, why would I ever bother learning another language? Right. Wouldn't that kill every other language? Right. You'd have to become somebody who like cares <coughs> enough about like preserving the olden ways. Sure. But it, it kind of goes into that whole like, so if we could all plug into the system and immediately learn every language, it would almost be redundant and useless. That's I mean, why everybody should just learn English. <laughs> Fine. Fair I'm enough. with you. I'm with you, Matt. <laughs> it took you a long time to come around to my point of view. Yeah, obviously. But I'm there. Anyways, yeah. That, that's is, uh... easiest for us. Um, as always, a good uh, key to success is face your fears. 
she mentioned. Um, just a side note. And finally, for me, unless you're a fighter, don't bring your fight take to the Joe Rogan experience. You know what I mean? Yep. If you're he a was, comedian. I, I, he, I mean, you can have your take and Joe might entertain it, but it's sort of like he would put his stuff out that Joe would tell him something and they'd be like, okay, this is exactly what I said, yeah. What if you're Louis J. Gomez? Think, again, if Joe brings up with you, that's one thing, but I don't think you should start giving your hot takes on fights. Okay, fair enough. I'm I, with you on that, Kamar. That's I'm my only thing, and I really liked him, and I thought at uh, first he was reserved, and then he got out, and then he some jokes bombed, but he kept going. Did a great time, and I'm really interested to see if DiStefano busts his balls in the aftermath of this episode. It's interesting. It's interesting how you always note, like, if they tell a joke and it bombs. I never notice usually if, like, it wouldn't make my notes. Told a joke and it missed. You you can tell if he says a joke and Joe doesn't laugh and just moves on. I just I remember it while he's telling. Like, are you keeping like a numbered count? Oh, three, four, lying through it, like you know, jail style. I don't know. I just tell when someone. When a point is just said and Joe just doesn't acknowledge it whatsoever. Oh, that happens all the time, though, Kay. Like, Joe yeah. does that all the time. And other jokes he does laugh at. Like, when he was like, I think we should have the dream police to kick people out of five years. Joe's like, no, no, that doesn't work. Oh, yeah, okay, I'll take it off my platform. And then they <laughs> laughed at that, but. Yeah, dude, I, yeah, I don't remember <laughs> any of that shit. Doesn't matter. Yeah. No, no, I'm just good noted. All right, so we're done with, uh, with our Greek friend here? To hell with him. To hell with him. All right. Uh, Simon, we'll start with you. You want to rate it? Give this one a three, Maddie. Uh, okay. Oh, ahead. I wanted to say one more thing. Go ahead. He gave a completely different view of Donnell Rawlings. Yeah. As in Donnell Rawlings helped him come up. He doesn't see Donnell as this interrupting uh, Dave Chappelle sidekick. He's like, Donnell is amazing. And Donnell is I- amazing. I think Donnell is amazing too. I just don't think he should have been there during that one podcast. Yeah, I just I I liked uh, I like someone talk about Donnell from a different perspective. I give it a three and a half. Hold on, for the record, Donnell, in my opinion, got Dave into the studio, so he in, forever is a five to me. Um, Don, as, Donnell deserves more credit than less. Yeah, I give this episode a three. Uh, it probably would have been higher if it had been just a bit shorter. It was almost four hours. Didn't really, you know. A lot know. of woke talk and fight talk. Yeah. What did you give it, Kamar? Give it three a three and a half. And a half. Gotcha. All right. We, uh, I don't know if we have a fucking, do we have a bill to pay this week? Well, we're all about to find out if we have a bill to pay this week. Uh, we're going to take so. a short break and uh, we'll be right back. Guys, this episode of the podcast is brought to you by BetterHelp.com. What interferes with your happiness? Are you feeling depressed? You feel anger? Maybe it's anxiety, stress eating away at your life. Maybe it's a self-esteem issue. Uh, Do you feel like there's something preventing you from achieving your goals? I know for me, uh, I had a wicked drinking problem in my 20s, and uh, it would have been nice if there had been someone there to help. Luckily, I overcame it, and I can tell you right away, I feel much better. That's where BetterHelp comes in. Uh, BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own professional licensed therapist. Uh, It's so convenient. You can connect in a safe and private online environment. 
Uh, you can usually start communicating with someone in under 24 hours. So that's good. You'll get that timely and thoughtful help that you need. Uh, this is not a self-help website. It is professional counseling. You can send a message to your counselor at any time. Uh, as well, you can schedule weekly and video phone sessions. Um, we know that during COVID, the last thing you want to do is be going into a doctor's office, sitting in a waiting room, putting on the mask. Um, no one wants that. That's where BetterHelp is perfect. It's all done online, super convenient. Uh, it's more affordable than traditional offline counseling, and they offer financial aid, and they're available worldwide, which is wonderful. Uh, there's also a broad range of expertise available, which may not be available locally in many areas. You never know. You may live in a rural area. Um, they may not have a specific type of uh, counselor that you're looking for. So that's where BetterHelp also comes in handy. Uh, they offer licensed professional counselors who are specialized in depression, stress, anxiety, relationships, sleeping, trauma, anger, family conflicts, LGBT matters, grief, self-esteem. As you name it, that's a lot of checked boxes. Uh, anything you share is, of course, confidential. Uh, the website is convenient, professional, affordable. They do have testimonials on their website if you want to go check it out. Uh, they have so many people using BetterHelp right now that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states. So also, if you're a counselor and uh, you're having tough times during COVID, maybe head over to BetterHelp and see if you can get yourself a job. You never know. Uh, if you want to start living a happier life today, as a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com J-R-E-E. Join over 1 million people taking charge in their mental health. Again, that's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash J-R-E-E for your 10% discount off your first month. Guys, go check them out. Thank you so much. All right, we're back. We're back. We're back. Come on, name it a number. 1995. Um, Ira Glasner. Wow, is he really creeping up on 2,000 episodes? Holy shit. That's crazy. Is it Glasner? And not Glaser, is that what you were saying before? I think I'm trying it's, to mumble it, so it's. I thought uh, it's Glaser, yeah. I thought it was Glaser too, yeah. And maybe the other one I'm thinking of is Glasner, and I just can't let it go. Either way, whatever. This was obviously the meat and potatoes of the week, in my opinion. So, before we get into it, though, one of the things was how always you were like, "Well, Twitter can't ban people." And they said, well, they can because they're a private company. If you don't like it, start something else. And then when something starts something else and then that gets deplatformed, do we see at that point that it becomes a slippery slope? Well, yeah. I mean, here, th this is the thing, though. Listen, I stick by that, that Twitter could do that. I do agree with you, though. If, if, if your whole thing is, we don't want that talk here, go start your own thing, and they start their own thing, you can't then, and this wasn't Twitter. This was Google and Apple. You can't then, yeah. you can't then go. Well, we don't like this thing. But keep in mind, this is still Twitter's fault, in my opinion. And I'll tell you why: is because Twitter went on this ban crazy fucking rampage. They gave these people nowhere else to go. So what did they do? They started their own thing, and they created a huge echo chamber that then was just this awful place that didn't have anyone from the other side in there fighting these ideas. So it just became a fucking, again, the only way you fight bad ideas is with good ones. We know this from a million people. I agree with you, Kamar. I, taking Parler down, that was the biggest but, issue. But banning people off of 
Twitter and Facebook and YouTube is not the same as removing Parler as a entity Option. in the world. You know what I mean? Those are two different arguments. They, I they think both it all have validity. One leads to the other. No, because what what we were saying with Twitter and and um, YouTube is like you're making this thing that's a public forum where anybody can go that's now become literally like a utility and then you're deciding who can be on and off it. What they did to Parler is different than that. They're both not good, but I'm just saying it's not the same argument. I agree. It's not the same argument. And I don't, I, listen, <clears throat> I know what Kamar's saying. Kamar's saying one leads to the other, I believe is what he's saying. Yeah, I think that's what I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, I I can't say you're totally wrong, but I also can't sit here and be like you're 100% right. Like I said, I think Twitter banning all these people is what led to their being a parlor. Which yeah. is so what, now, go ahead, Simon. Sorry. No, I no. was just going to say, now let me just get this straight. So parlor yeah. uh, was an entity that existed. It was an app. And it was being hosted by... No, so it's Amazon, Google, Apple. So Simon, it's an app, and like every app in the world, if you're not on the Google Play Store or the Apple App Store, then you can't be accessed by like, I don't know, 80% of the phones in North America. 90, 95% of the phones in North America. So once you can't access those two stores, your app is pretty much rendered useless on most devices. At least that's how I understand it. Am I incorrect here? So, well, I'm just like, look, if I'm, I'm just trying to get this straight in my head. So I'm, uh, you know, Aaron Von Hitler mm -hmm. and I decide that, uh, you know, loose relative. Yeah. And I decide that I'm going to make an app called, um, fucking, I don't know, shoot shoes called mine app <laughs> called whatever. Right. Uh, and it's obviously a hateful app and you guys think that they should just be able to put that up on like the apple app store no fucking apple has a right to say we don't want your fucking bullshit on here like that's it because it's not that's because not a the danger of, of association no simon no kamar it's because you have a listen all these companies have a terms and service set out and when you sign up you agree to those terms and services if you don't like those terms and services, you obviously don't have to sign up. Now, I didn't look into this, but I assume Parler must have broken some sort of terms of service. Yeah. Right? They did, I'm sure. But even if they didn't, Matt, my point is, okay, what Mr. Glasser or Glass or whatever, Ira, is that his name? Yeah. Yeah. What he was saying is, look, everybody has the ability to have any opinion they want and go outside and spout that opinion. And you'll probably get as far as the 20 people around you, right? Yeah. If, if you're a celebrity, then you have more people you're able to talk to. But that's not your fucking right to be able to reach a million people. Yeah. That's where, like, the disconnect is with the um, social media age and the age of the internet, where everybody thinks that because the ability to reach billions of people is out there. It becomes your right. It's not your fucking right, man. These people who, who own these companies 
They decide that shit. And if you don't like it, then you go and try and do it somewhere else. If you can, if no one else can do it, then we have to talk about the monopoly argument. You know what I mean? But I mean, in this just, case, though, the monopoly argument's tough because there's two companies that are both at each other's throats. So there's obviously no monopoly, right? They they are actively Google and Apple are actively. So you could argue, you could argue that if Apple gets rid of it, it would be smart for Google to then say we're keeping it because we're gonna we're gonna generate X amount of fucking business shit business. But you know what I mean? Well, I guess more. Yes, I, I agree totally. And, and to that point, like Parler can't. You don't get to be like a shitty place and then um, like the landlord says, I don't want your shitty place in my building anymore. And then you're like, no, it's my right to be in there. It's not your right to be in there. That landlord decides who the tenants in his car signed a lease with him. Then when that lease runs out, he has the right to not sign another lease with you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I agree. I mean, listen. So it's like you're not all right with it, but this is just the all these people just get the platform. Sorry. Well, it, it goes back to the whole argument of you are a farmer renting land for or on somebody else's farm, you know. And as long as you're renting land on that farm, you're subject to the farmer's rules. Well, End of story. Again, if we want to have an argument about monopolies, that's a whole different thing. But I want to say this too, is it's Sorry, interesting. Go ahead, I'm done. Well, no, I want to say this too. It's interesting because Kamar, if you want to take the argument further, see the argument, the initial argument was, well, if you don't like how this is here, create your own thing. And your argument is, well, they did, they created parlor, but you have to take it a step further. You have to take it a step further. All they did was create an app. It's not that hard to create an app. So the step further you have to go is if you really want to buy the farm, then you got to buy the fucking farm. And the argument you, you could... you got to make your own farm. That's what I'm saying. The Sorry, argument, the argument you could really make is Trump and his followers arguably probably have the money to start their own farm. They're just not really going to because that's a lot of fucking work. They just want to use the utilities that these other people have created. And I, this is what I've been saying the whole time is like, I understand their, their anger and they feel like they're being silenced. Let me put it to you this way. Simon, you're not on Twitter, right? You've never nope. had a Twitter account? Never. I'm one of, I'm one of those people who have never, That's fine. never had a Twitter So account. real quick, do you have free speech? Well, yeah, because I can go out on the street corner and yell any rhetoric I want. So this is my thing. is The whole the argument of free speech is really wackadoo to me because I'm not on Twitter. I have free speech. Just because you get taken off Twitter or Facebook does not mean you don't have free speech. It's an it's it's the most heinous argument of all time. Like you, it goes it goes back to what I was originally saying, Matt. Yeah, is exactly that. You know what I mean? Like you're not you're only being silenced from this place where you want to be. And for the most part, a lot of the people who are on there are making a lot of money on those places. You know, I'm going to use Tim Pool as an example. Okay, Tim Pool hates Jack Dorsey, despises Twitter, and talks about how they're this, this allegory, okay, yet simultaneously refuses to get off Twitter, talks about his Twitter all the time, says he uses his Twitter, but only ironically. Like, these are the problems, is like, if you really have a problem with it, stop using it. Like, Simon, you, for example, you're a good example. You, like a month ago, actively said, I'm, I'm just sick of this. I don't like how they're doing business. I don't like how this is done. I don't like that my family sucked in. I'm going to try to, we're going to wean off and hopefully cut off. 
right? That's you actively using your consumer dollar. If everyone just said, if everyone that was angry at Twitter stopped using Twitter, they would take a hit and that might affect things. But go ahead. We only, we only have one way that we can make a difference, Matt, in this world, unfortunately, and it's with our dollar. That's all anybody gives a fuck about. You know what I mean? And that's like, it's like you and Walmart, like the, the one way you can punish Walmart the what most is the next time you're out of toilet paper and they're the only place open, you're not going to wipe your ass. Oh, it's fucking self bidet all day. You know, like that's, that's where you can win. I, I mean, it's a really small victory, but no, I agree. I, listen, listen, Tim pool is the perfect example, Matt. And let me take it one step further for you. This is a guy who talks about like, YouTube is going to take me down any day. And they don't. Meanwhile, he has two shows. One where he says whatever the fuck he wants and he doesn't put it on YouTube. And then one where he follows YouTube's rules and stays on YouTube. Where he won't say um, that guy's name. And he won't swear. Because those are all things that get you flagged. He edits himself for sure. Come on. And I have no problem with him doing that. That, like, play the game. Everybody needs to make their money, but you can't be self-righteous about it in the same breath, you know? Well, and then, uh, and this I is... It'll the... be interesting if Parler does take him to court. Well, and they will. They'll probably lose. I also want to say this, though, because this is what I was trying to say to you a while ago, Simon, was you were arguing for the government to regulate social media, and this guy agreed with me that that's the last thing you want. Government regulation just leads to the worst kind of shit ever. We, the people need to regulate it with our dollars and how we use it and shit. But we will not do that, Matt. That won't happen. So now what? I don't want the government involved either. You know me, Matt. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Uh, Like, I want them involved as least as possible. But I also know that in this case, because this whole industry has been made around a way to brainwash people, we will lose. We'll lose to the machine. And unless human beings step in, Somewhere along the lines, we will become what we talk about in science fiction novels. This is the first step. I mean, either way, this will most likely be the downfall of Twitter because Twitter will become pretty much useless if it's just a one-sided conversation anyway. Right? Like, it doesn't... You're, if you're getting very little debate, it becomes an echo chamber for the other side, and then advertisers go away because, I mean, who really... I, 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 I don't know. Most advertisers don't want to just cut right down the middle and get one side. They want the whole fucking pie. And the, it's tough to do that in a place like Twitter where, you know, it's just one sided or parlor for that matter. Like, and there are a lot of people out there, Matt, who get a lot of satisfaction with arguing. So when there's nobody left to argue with, like it's, just not, it's not going to be as fun anymore. <clears throat> or, or it just becomes so much of an echo chamber that you're like, this is fucking boring, you know? Yeah, but Kamar also made a good point, too, is then you just start going, you have no one on the other, you're not even attacking the shit ideas anymore. You're attacking the ideas of the people on your side. That's a good thing. That's probably actually healthy, and I'm not being sarcastic here. Yeah, maybe you're right. you got to thin that herd. you got to let natural selection amongst your own team play out in order to get the people who really um, are saying something important. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, you make a good point. Uh, I think he made a good point in that people are like, you can't deplatform the president of the United States when, you know, if 
Donald Trump's done enough bad shit that he has that tone for it. He can't hide behind Twitter because he can go on TV and everyone will cover it and hear exactly what it has to say. So it's not. I I I, I can't uh, get on the side of that that you've like blocked him from speaking to the people. Listen, and he's Donald caused too much trouble to afford him the ability to hide behind Twitter. Donald Trump has the ability right now if he wanted, and it's smart he's not using it because he'd get lambasted for it, but he could technically use the emergency text service that the entire U.S. has to send out his messages. Oh, I, I, he may not have thought of that. That's very interesting. If, if he really <laughs> wanted to, Matt, again, good point, but if he really wanted to, he could fucking, like, do a press conference in a satin sweatsuit at this point. Sure. And all eyes in the world would be on him. Like, if he's not planning on running again and he's just going to, like, go do something else, like, he could do whatever the fuck he wanted at this point. It'll be interesting to see all the shit he faces after being president. We're still in this limbo period. But, I mean, there's nothing you can argue with this guy in his position on free speech. Like, this should be some sort of, like mandatory listen to this discussion before you ever yeah you can't partake in the discussion shut down yeah. or canceled i agree i mean because uh, i mean I, this guy hated trump but i had to listen to him for sure and what he said for the most part i mean if not the whole part was absolutely fucking true i just kind of wish that journalists i don't know like i'm not a trump fan obviously but i don't like that the guy who's like supposed to be impartial, I guess, is so slanted in one direction. It makes me wonder then, like, but he's not a journalist, right? He's uh, he's a, a lawyer. lawyer. Yeah. The, so the, the only that. the only thing is, I I just watched the interview with Brett uh, Weinstein and uh, like a total like left wing Tim Pool type guy who was covering all the riots in the summer and stuff, like Antifa stuff and was in the Capitol building and goes quite in-depth about the siege, as it were. And he was saying there was, like, special forces guys, there were white supremacists, there was black people, there was people... Like, the characterization of what it was was too definitive two hours into it. Because as he kept saying, the whole thing took five hours... There were people doing the bad things in the Capitol building. There were people in the back that didn't even know people were in the Capitol building. It's not this one thing that now the media has decided it is. And that's not to say there weren't bad characters or whatever. Or to they've, they've made one intention, and that does influence social media companies or young people, like if they're not being totally forthright and just... Because they were putting on the stories two hours into the siege where they still didn't know anything but had decided what it was. I mean, I'll, that's I'll, just a bit of a danger. I'll go with you here, Kamar, if you want to say, like, the people that ended up on the camera, the dude wearing the horn thing and the guy in the Bubba Fett mask and all of that shit. Like, it is. It, those were the guys that, them being on camera delegitimize anything that these people were trying to do. Like, I'm with you there. But that doesn't, just because there are bad actors doesn't mean that it wasn't like, uh, 
Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. There was still a half million people down there that despite this is what I'm saying, that despite the courts and despite Republicans, despite uh, despite 100 plus years of democracy, feel like this election was legitimately stolen when it wasn't. And again, they had all the due process in the world to make sure that it wasn't stolen. And they did. But they can they can do that, Matt. They can have that opinion as long as it's peaceful. Sure, but and if they want to show up and voice their displeasure, that's the beauty of America, right? Is that everybody has a voice to voice their displeasure. It might not be the the way like it, again, as long as it's peaceful. Yeah, I just you know, to hear Kamar talk about like how the media spun it. I mean, again, if this was a Black Lives Matter march and a cop died on Capitol Hill while they stormed the building, how do you think the media would be spinning it? Like well, we watched for the last two years as they rioted and cops died. And okay, it wasn't died. two years. It cops wasn't two years. Burned. The last two years has been riots in Portland or Washington or wherever. Kamar, George Floyd died in June. That's not two years ago. That was June. But I, I, well, there was no riots before that. Okay, there's been a string of just as much violence and uh, civil disobedience compared to this five-hour incident. And again, and I'm not on. excusing this incident. I'll agree with you that the and that's media, the spin. yeah, uh, all for sure, the media spins it. There's no doubt about it. It doesn't mean it didn't happen. The same way they spun the riots, it doesn't mean that the riots didn't happen. You know. Well, I'm just curious, though. Riot, so like those riots didn't happen. I'm just curious how many bad actors were there because uh, from from what I saw, and you could argue that it was spun however you want. But whether it was independent journalists from all around the world, the videos I saw, it looked like there was at least five to ten thousand people trying to actively storm the building. That's not a few no, bad they actors. They stormed the building. They didn't try. They stormed. That's the what building. I'm saying. So, but I'm talking about even people outside that could no longer get access because there were so many people in. Like your argument that there were people at the back that didn't even know they were stormed. Fine, but there were also people that didn't get in that were more than willing to try to get in, and there was just fucking too much chaos, mayhem, whatever. But. And Look, I'm, here what they've done now, my contention is the powers of be let that happen. It did. It, it should have never happened. There should have been enough people there. The proper fencing should have been placed, as it was when Black Lives Matter protested the White House for like three days, or when they smashed up Washington D.C. the eve of the election. So I don't know if that matters. If they had prepared for it properly, it wouldn't have got out of control, or it would have happened the same. But none of that takes away from Ira's points. Like, if you shut down speech, it will eventually be shut down on you. That is just the bottom line. Well, it has and that, nothing to do with political parties. And that's the worry of not letting people voice their opinion. Like, if they think the election was stolen, they they have the right to voice their opinion. You know? Yeah. The well, problem is, it'd just be a lot better if there was clear evidence for them to ab- voice that opinion. Absolutely. The, the Look, problem. I would. The problem, though, really, Simon, is education. See, like, you just said, like, okay, fine, so there's not enough evidence. There isn't enough evidence because it didn't happen, right? Like, why aren't we saying that, okay? It just didn't happen, plain and simple. They just, all the courts in the country decided that there was enough bipartisan people in there that, listen, you have the, you have the, a sitting president calling a fucking, someone in Georgia being like, listen, find me these 11,000 votes. You have an acting, you have a sitting president 
begging for votes to be counted in one place while stopping in the other. Like, that, if that isn't the most apparent shit to you, that he knew he was going to lose an election legitimately, he also told his people not to mail in their ballots so that he could sully the whole fucking thing there. Like, the guy knew he was going to lose, and he used all the shittiest things to do it. Aren't we less surprised once we saw that they uh, chased him after collusion with Russia for two years with no evidence? But here's the thing. This is my problem is I'd, Russia is involved in all this. To think otherwise is insane. I showed Listen, you. No, but the, the implications, the accusations they made, they went for two years with no evidence. So it's just like this shit happens. Again, that's a problem. But hold on, wait, Kamar, they went through the courts. And found out there was no evidence. Okay, fine. So again, but then guess what? When there was no evidence, what, did they storm the Capitol? Saying Trump was fucking in on it? Saying that Trump was part of Russia? Well, no, but I'm asking you, because you're you're comparing the two. Okay, they went to impeach him. I'll ask you again. Did the people show up at Capitol Hill ready to riot? Yes, yes, they did. The Kavanaugh fucking trial, they arrested... A hundred people. That's not what I'm asking you. The Kavanaugh trial is not, this is not what we're talking about. And see, you're getting frustrated because you're losing this argument. Like, it's two but different I'm not, things. No, I'm not losing the argument. There's, I'm not losing the argument. They, put, they went down deep telling people one thing. They're completely lying with no evidence. Okay. Now, the other side did something with no evidence, and somehow it's more egregious. It's not more egregious. No, no. It's that this went through the exactly. courts. No, Kamar, it went through the court system already, and they were proven wrong. The same yes, way, the same way Russia, when it was proven wrong, this is my point, Kamar. Once it was proven that Russia was bullshit, there wasn't a bunch of Democrats, there wasn't a bunch of left-wing people down at Capitol yelling, lies, lies, this is lies, we're storming the Capitol because you're all lying. Did that well, happen? The whole time they were doing that. The equivalent is, Matt, the equivalent is the people who said, not my president. And no matter what, even when Trump got elected, the whole time they said, no, he cheated his way in. You know what I mean? Now that this is the same thing. Now I'll ask it's you again: Did those anything. did those people violently go down to the no. Capitol? Okay, no. so it's not Absolutely the same thing. Not. not that part of it. But there were still people who denied that it was their president. That's what I'm saying. Listen, don't roll your eyes at me. That's what I said from the start: is that as long as they went down there and were peaceful, there wasn't a problem. Yeah, but again, so Simon, you're missing the point, though. The point I was trying to make was that these people, it's it's this delusion of like, for example, this delusion of we're losing our free speech. How? Who? They didn't. They got down there and they had a right to say whatever they want. But this is what I'm saying is it's still on their side. It's still being spun as, well, we're losing our free speech and we're being fucking deplatformed and we're not allowed to say what we want. And they're all allowed to say what they want. All of them. We're, We're in agreement. They they are allowed to do whatever they want as long as they're not as long as they're doing it peacefully. I agree, but what I'm saying, Simon, is they've twisted it in their head. There isn't enough education anymore for these people to realize how fucking bananas they are. Even Alex Jones is now distancing himself from QAnon. I don't know if you saw that the other day. He had the fucking horned guy call in and he started being he started being like, You're fucking crazy and QAnon's full of shit and you guys are all liars. And I was like, What am I watching now? Like, how is this possible? This guy has been listen. Pence is trying to distance himself from Trump. You can't do that. Well, now. yeah, because they're they're all real politicians. Just Listen, slime bags. I'll say this: I don't care about Trump. He's most likely going to be gone. That's fine. The real victory in all this that no one's talking about is that Mitch McConnell is gone. That's the real victory for yep. the American people. Because that guy, there was no one holding up democracy worse than Mitch McConnell. If 
if Pelosi can hang on, so can Mitch. It's it's uh, those are horrible people, capable of anything. Simon, are you frozen? Or are you like super interested in what we're saying? He's frozen. Yeah, he's frozen. What else you got for Glasser? I I was I was optimistic. It was uh, a definitely situation where one person did all the talking. Yeah, but I like those. I, I, I well, exactly. Joe can talk too much. Yeah. And he had an expert on the field and whatever, and there was no fight talk. There was it was very <laughs> serious and solemn. But um, I mean, this guy was uh, like obviously left, but free speech has no political affiliation. But to say this guy's left, he's old school left. Like this guy's obviously not for that woke horse shit either. No, but I could easily say, well, this guy hates Trump or whatever he does always talk about. I can't say that. No, because I don't think he came off like that. I mean, to me, he came off as someone who was, I don't know. I get it. He's slightly left, but he came off as a centrist to me. Maybe I'm wrong. But even like how he said, you know, people are saying um, the racism, the fight against racism is not changing fast enough. Like just people don't have perspective at how long things change and how much they have changed and how much more they will continue to change. Yeah. I thought I th- it was very optimistic. Oh, I agree. I just think that people are angry because it seems like there's a, a lot of white nationalism that's rearing its head up right now. Whereas like, I don't know, growing up in the nineties, I don't remember, maybe it's cause I was young and optimistic, but I don't remember like a lot of like white nationalism when I was young. Am I wrong? But I don't either, because like, there's not enough white nationalist podcasts. I think it's blown in proportion. They exist, but it's just not as, as big as anything else. I don't think. Fair but enough. We'll see. We'll I, see. I think it's the... interesting that this will come down to trial. Well, they'll decide whether he incited the riot or he was just gene people up. I agree. Back to your last point, though, Kamar. I think the problem, too, is that living in Canada... <laughs> We don't, we don't see enough. We don't know enough. Like we, but we do. There's tons here. No, but hold on. What I'm saying though, is like we ingest a lot of U S media, but that U S media is mostly from the left. It's liberal media. Like we don't get a lot of, you don't, we don't see a lot of middle America is my point. So we don't, we don't really know. Maybe there's more out there than we think. Maybe there's less. We know middle America is sort of like Alberta. That's a terrible example. There's a lot of fucking shitty racists in Alberta. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> well. No, but like there's, there's been problems in the Canadian military yeah. with white supremacy or whatever, white nationalist movements. RCMP, like, yeah. But this is what I'm saying. It, like, I read an article this week that black DC cops had apparently uh, filed like hundreds of lawsuits since 2010 against the Capitol Police uh, over racist claims and now again i read an article how much of this is fucking true in this day and age i don't fucking know but you know all i'm saying kamar is if white nationalism is is that entrenched in law enforcement then it's obviously a bigger problem than i think maybe you're letting on i would say it's the same problem it's ever been i just don't think it's really like ramping up i don't think but hold on then that's that's even worse because to say it's the same problem it's ever been is to say that it hasn't changed since 1900, which means that we still have a huge problem with racism. No? 
I was trying to remember what they said, how it's weird, like, a white nationalist can befriend um, a black uh, free speech or something. Like, strange bedfellows. If you t- if you get to know each other first. There, there's, a, there's a weird thing in that, in the same way, on the left, there's Antifa and anarchists. And the Antifa is more of a woke, progressive agenda. The anarchist just wants everything fucked. It doesn't matter who's doing the fucking as long as someone gets fucked. And there's that sort of... I, I just think, like, that movement on the Capitol Hill wasn't all just uh, white nationalists. No, I agree. No, I agree. I, I wouldn't be surprised to find out that there were a lot of bad actors involved. The same way there were a lot of bad actors involved when there's ever there's something like this that goes down. But to Matt's point, there were a lot of fucking people there who want to argue the fact that Trump is still president. And that's a whole other discussion. Yeah, compared to the ones you want to get rid of all races. Yeah, but I mean, let's also keep in mind, like, do you think it was easy for Obama to swallow the pill that he had to sit at the inauguration with this guy, this fucking ass clown? No, but he he did it. He swallowed, he, he bit the bullet and was like, fuck it, this is how the game is played. I'm going to go and I'm going to sit there. And Trump is already, he's, he's, he's said fuck it to every single piece of etiquette that Matt, they have. The better example, I think, is when Bush won over, um, what's his Al name Gore. there? Al Gore. <laughs> like, that was true robbery. And, and all Gore could do, because he didn't want to have the country go into fucking upheaval, was say, that's your president, you know? Yeah. That would have been interesting. Well, and that's one, too. Bush, one... Bush most likely lost that election, and we never talk he about did. that. Yeah, He did. It was Florida and the hanging chads and all those fucking rigged machines. That was a f- That's for sure, man. Oh, so real quick, one thing. I don't know if you saw this, but one news network this week, I'm going to post it on our Reddit because it was the wildest thing I've ever seen a news network do. First of all, the guy's name, I believe, is John Tobacco which has to be a made-up name, absolutely across Alias. the board. Yeah. And if not, change your name. <laughs> anyway, he comes on, and it's probably, five minutes might be a stretch, but it's three minutes of him deadpan looking at the camera because they clearly don't want to get the shit suit out of them. And he's like, I just want everyone, he's like, one American news network has to let you know that uh, whoever the company was that made the voting machines, he's like, they have no association with the Venezuelan government. They have no association with China. Dude, it's a five-minute disclaimer, basically, where they're like, everything we've said over the last month is horseshit. And if we don't say it now, we're going to lose a massive lawsuit. It's the craziest thing I've ever seen on, well, on see? news, yeah, ever. They sued her for $1.5 billion. Who? The one lawyer that was saying Dominion voting machines were used by Hugo Chavez and all this. They sued her for $1.5 billion? Well, they're saying that she, her negative comments or slander has discredited their whole fucking company from possibly doing fair elections. I mean, listen, and if you're if you're an international company and you're trying to do all the elections, yeah, they have another... They have to be pretty sure, because if that does go to court, which I can't imagine it could, um, there'd be full disclosure, and if there was any dodgy shit it would come out so yeah. that's is a sign of confidence just like we always say if you get me too'd your only recourse if you really want to shut up the critics is to sue the person i take it arnie if your show 
Is Arnie Hammer in your post Joe notes? No, I I have even looked into that. Oh, that's, that's such a weird story. Okay, I can look it up in the break. No, 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 it's all right. Want, it's okay. I'll bring it up. We already we'll... had the break. No, he. <laughs> well, no, we're going to break oh. to the post. Yeah, the post Joe gotcha. break. Gotcha. It sorry, just smooth sorry. transition into the post Joe, huh? Sorry. Yeah, yeah. No, uh, so yeah, I mean, again, Kamara, I'm not, I think it was full of bad actors too. I think there was a lot of fishy shit that went down, but that doesn't change the fact that like, it, you can't be having this fucking civil war. It's crazy. It's not, that. that's not the way. No, 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 no. I, I know that. It's just, I went through a shock of the news is full of shit. The news is full of shit. Oh, now the news is completely right. Like what happened? No, it's uh, and always- I don't think that's the case. It's always full of shit, but I think you can read be- between the lines on this one yourself. You know what I mean? Like Matt said, there's enough footage of just watching the Capitol get stormed, and you're like, that's too much. I'll say this, but, Kamar. Hold on. In your defense, we obviously, as we've learned from two years of doing this podcast, we don't know enough yet. We know just what we know. We know that two months from now, we'll know a, a great deal more. We'll have more information and it will probably change the way we all feel about the scenario. So let's keep an open mind about that. We know that for a fact. There's going to be some article that comes out a month from now. There's some footage that's released. There's something. I mean, let's give Parler a little bit of credit. They also released a shitload of information to the FBI. Like, it's not like Parler was just like, you know, keep in mind, whoever created Parler, all they wanted to do was give a platform for people to give their opinion. It wasn't like we at the jump, we were like, they created this evil place. They didn't. They created a place and no, and, and it populated sorry. itself with some evil shit. But I think at the end of the day, that's the, that's the real takeaway. It wasn't a place created for evil. Well, and the irony is Matt, that it was like, so somebody makes parlor cause they just want to give an free alternative speech. to that's YouTube. It. You know what yeah, I mean? True or free speech. Yeah. Or, or wherever. Then Donald Trump in some speech says, well, if they're going to keep censoring me on Twitter, maybe I'll take my my uh, game to somewhere else. Insert name here, parlor, whatever. It could have been anything. It then elevates them to this platform. They're like, awesome. The president's talking about us, blah, blah, blah. But it's a double-edged sword. You know what I mean? Because obviously... Yeah, of it's course. Just, it's very ironic. It, it could be in an Alanis song. <laughs> well, I mean, think about it too. Whoever created Parlor was most likely a business person. Who was, he was on Rogan, wasn't he? No, that was Signal. Which coincidentally, which coincidentally, which coincidentally, Signal crashed this week because so many people left WhatsApp. It was announced that what it was announced how much information WhatsApp was taking from you, and they had a mass exodus. Like this week. Well, it was announced starting in February, all the information that Instagram, uh, WhatsApp, and Facebook are going to take from you. It's staggering. And that's why that's why you can speak with your power of your dollar. Like you decide. You decide if you want to watch the ads on Instagram. And if you really need it enough to give up what the, what the price that you pay is. Like it's not free. No, I, Jesus I, Christ. Sorry, I'm di- I did a massive bong hit. I'm dying over here. Um, I, uh, yeah, I literally have been thinking about getting rid of my Facebook. Just because it's Facebook. so fucking, it's so useless. I never, I almost never use it. I was on it yesterday for two seconds and got into an argument with someone instantly. Justine Compo, fuck her. Kamar, what else do you offer Glasser? I mean, it was really like the whole episode. It was two hours of <clears throat> one topic and that was free speech. 
And I mean, I think we've, you know, pretty much covered it. Uh, just as a funny question, uh, now we've looked at this uh, Trump experiment to uh, be a celebrity leader is a complete disaster. <laughs> no, Ronald Reagan. How would you, how would you feel? Well, okay, crack is Ronald Reagan. The crack episode. <laughs> touche, yeah, touche. Um, how would you feel about uh, David Portnoy running for president? Uh, again, are you frozen? Uh, no, no, I'm thinking about it. I, uh, I, he just doesn't know. Like, I think people like that are they run on really one sided platforms. You don't know enough about, like, to run for president. I'm with Kanye. You're just, you're going to hire the best people for each spot, hopefully, but you should have a good base of knowledge about foreign affairs, the economy, uh, social services. Like, I, I don't know. I, I just, I don't know. Ten years from now, he could be well versed in all that. Maybe. I just think he's a he's a he's an amazing guy. And Kamar, you know, sorry, not about Portnoy, but just back to Trump for one second. Like, if it doesn't end like this with this, the craziness that's going on now. And by the way, I heard like through the the my ears on the street that tomorrow is is supposed to be something. No, no, they can't. The Senate, Mitch McConnell made it so that they can't reconvene Senate until the day before the inauguration. Okay, well, I, I so, heard something was supposed to go down. Okay, because the impeachment's supposed to go down on the 20th, and then Biden's supposed to go in on the 21st, but now they're saying they won't have enough time to impeach him. And Anyways, we'll see what happens tomorrow. Anyways, my point was, if it doesn't end like this with all this nonsense, like... I, I just don't think you look at Trump's, yeah, he didn't handle the COVID stuff great. It all went down for him at that point. But until then, like, he had all these stats backing up what a great job he was doing. Like, this is leaving such a sour taste. Kamar, yeah, I, I don't think he wanted this to happen personally. I don't. But uh, um, I mean, we'll I know. I re-listened to that. Anyways, it doesn't matter. I want to say this, though, Kamar, because now that I think about it a little harder, I actually don't think he should be president, and here's why. As big a fan as I am of Dave Portnoy, he, like me, is a hothead in a lot of scenarios. He's He takes things really personal. He's got that, like, Boston short fuse. I just don't know that that's the person you want running the free world. So is he the betting guy? Uh, Barstool no, Sports. He's Barstool Sports. Yeah, Barstool Sports. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he does the pizza reviews every day. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't know. I, I, Kamar, I'll put it to you this way, though. Just because of Trump doesn't mean that if some level-headed celebrity came along, I wouldn't be more... Like, there's Not nothing about there's nothing about Donald Trump from the time that I've known him till now that made me think this guy should run the free world. Nothing. Ever. But if we learn one thing from Donald Trump is that you need to be a politician you just need to have good ideas uh, you know like uh, that should be what we take away from all of this that maybe there is like a celebrity out there who can do a good job i mean i think what if i learn anything from donald trump it's that really all you need to do to be president is speak to the people normally that's all he really did like, I, I, didn't, I didn't particularly see any ideas he had other than getting the troops out. But, like, you hear that from every fucking politician. And they, they never do it. So, to me, all he did was he said shit. And he said fuck occasionally. And that made people be like, this guy's like me. I like that. I like that he's like me. Because like Kamar, Kamar's fucking, like both of you, you guys are so sick of politicians. 
We all are. Relatability. The last thing anyone wants is a politician. That's why someone famous, that's why the danger of someone famous coming along is actually greater than we think. Because think about Tom Cruise. Like if Scientology wasn't involved, that guy could run for president. The Rock. I mean, The yeah. Rock is a good example, right? Like It's the, not. He'd be a terrible president. You don't know that. At least, but this is the thing. When you think of The Rock being president, you at least think of him trying to do nothing but good. See, and that, yeah, no, I, I know what you're saying, man. And that's why up here in Canada, we got the fucking, we got really juiced because we had a celebrity and a politician all rolled up in one. And that's who won. But he gave us free weed. Not free weed. Give him the pass. No, but you know what? I was thinking about it this week and like, I don't know what's going to happen to our economy 10 years down the road. So I'm talking about what I know right now. You can say what you want about Justin Trudeau, about Doug Ford, about any of our politicians, even the ones that have fucking had to resign over the last month, week, year, whatever. Our government worked that shit out right away. And as far as I know, they didn't tack on any sort of fucking you can't stream bill. They didn't throw in any bullshit. It was just our people need to get through this. How do we do it quickly? I got a check right away and I've continued to get them without any fucking issue. You go on the website. But we, we, we could find out in two years it's a really big problem. Yeah. that's Hold on. Could. Keep in mind, I just said that. I said I don't know what's going to happen with the economy. I do know this, though. Myself and the majority of people, not the majority, myself and everyone I know that's been getting this check, they've been spending every dollar of it. It's been going right back into the economy in one, one way or the other. They're paying their rent. They're paying their bills. They're buying food. They're buying weed, whatever. Go ahead, Sai. No, I was just going to say, Matt, what you're saying is absolutely true. But the caveat here is that they sat on their hands this whole time. They've been, yeah, dishing out checks, but they haven't been getting us ready for what's happening now. And they're fucking useless at this vaccine rollout. And they didn't procure enough vaccines. And they did a lot of shit wrong, too. Hear me so out. But they did the money part right. What I'm Done saying, deal. though, is what I'm saying is this, Simon, is rarely does the government bang it out 100%, so we would never expect that, right? You were never expecting that from the beginning. I'm looking at the states as an example. At least, at least we're taking care of our people. At least the yep. three of us are fed. We're, we, I have nothing to really complain about. You know, this lockdown sucks, but... I, no, that's why I was saying to you, you just got to get through a couple of months. Yeah. And then even us, with our shitty rollout, you should have your vaccine. Well, no, but I think... To go ahead, Kamar. To tie it back to this podcast... Last week, a uh, conservative MP wrote a letter about how they just want lockdown, and he got fired. Yeah, that was insane. So there's no room for dissension in, anymore, guys. But That's crazy. It, he, it's all right for someone to speak their mind on why they think lockdowns are bad or not, and not be shut down, right? No, he should. I don't know why he is. It because he did it in the caucus, or like what? Obviously, because he did it publicly, but. So maybe there are rules to having that job where you can pull the prime minister aside and tell him that, but you don't go and like, again, snitches get stitches. I mean, I'm kind of with Simon. I understand what Simon's saying. Like if, if, if his voice was heard in the room adequately and they had that discussion and he was overruled or, you know what I mean? Then, and then he goes and tells the, I could see why you would be like, listen, I can't have you around. Obviously, uh, you know, no, if, this is, if you're just fired for bringing it up in a meeting, that's a totally different thing. So, and that probably wasn't the case, but I don't know the whole story. So I don't uh, either. But you know, these things. I think that's what we're saying is these things really matter. Those mm -hmm. those the little nuanced issues there. They really do. 
they matter a lot. But you're right, Kamara. Yeah. When, when I read that, my my knee jerk reaction was that's fucked. You want someone? Yeah. You want at least one person in the government saying maybe we got this wrong. You need to have the discussion. You're not going to have a discussion if look they've done a lot of things wrong. You have to have people saying you're shitty at rollout of vaccines. Let's do something differently here. You can't have them sitting around going bad in freezers. Oh, my God. I heard the most interesting. This is crazy. Um, oh, my God. Are you with us here? What's going on? He's good. I heard it? the most interesting. This is crazy. He's going no, to have a smoke. Saying, just put yourself on mute. Don't worry. Just let him go. It's more distracting you talking about it. What did you see, Simon? What? what did you see? Oh, well, I heard this whole story about, you know, um, dots. I think that's what they're called. They're those ice cream that you can get at like the movie theaters. Yes, they're, they're disgusting looking. Oh. Disgusting. They don't taste good. They look like marshmallows almost. Those little mini marshmallows. They're, they're even smaller. They're yeah, yeah. like tiny. Yeah. yeah. It's like dehydrated can, ice cream. <laughs> but it, it's not. It's not. It's actually some other process that just, I don't know, whatever. Anyways, their whole thing is that to transport those dots, they have to have a freezer infrastructure where it can get down to a minimum of like, 44 degrees uh minus 44 degrees fahrenheit and <laughs> at a maximum of minus 100 degrees fahrenheit the vaccines have to be transported at like 98 degrees fahrenheit so basically the only infrastructure that exists to get these vaccines the out in a company. timely matter is the dots this is crazy fucking shit man dude imagine so if you had just randomly Imagine if you just randomly dumped $100,000 into the dot company like um, like three months ago, just like on a whim, drunk. Who knows? The most insider trading of all time, <laughs> fuck. Like, nobody's ever going to believe that story. You you put your money into dots? Yeah, get no, the fuck out of here. Jail. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's would... Martha Stewart caliber shit, man. Yes. Yeah, Anyways, up. but that's nuts, right? That the the... The that savior is. to this whole thing may be yeah. an infrastructure of tiny ice cream balls. You can say it's fortuitous. All right. Well, I guess we should rate it. We got to move on. Um, yeah. Kamar, you want to start? Yeah. I mean, I thought it was just powerful, really powerful. It had to be heard and mentioned. I can give it a four and a half. Simon? Yeah, I'm going to give it a four. I, I see now my week is flawed as per usual. That's fine. I give it a five. You have to listen to this podcast. Everyone, whether you're for, especially young people, because I find I've been listening to a lot of shit lately and young people are not so much for free speech, which is actually the problem that we're running into. Because they listen to too much CNN. Well, and I think the most important thing, and not to beat a dead horse, but like, you have free speech. Go, yell, scream. Do what you can. You are not entitled to millions of viewers. You're yeah. not entitled to any of that shit. That is all a luxury that has been afforded to you. Unfortunately, it's been afforded to you since your birth, so you don't even know what it's like to not have it. So the real right? message, well, the real message is don't rely on social media as your free speech outlet. Or your occupation or sure. anything. It's something sure. that can be taken away from you as fast as you got it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. That, I think this is going to vote in the next couple months. Well, I think before they like turn Facebook or Twitter or any of them into like a, a real public domain, they should just 
disintegrate them all and and start anew you know like don't get stuck with those guys if it's gonna get fucking bastardized anyways all right let's move on to the last one 1596 evie evie what, what was his name Avi Loeb. Yeah. Heavy. Well, it's slow, it's slow speed. He sounded like Count Dracula. <laughs> it's crazy. He was on Lex like two days ago. So Lex uh, literally. I sound like Joe. And I if you just, want to hear a I just more in-depth to us. discussion yeah. with Avi, you should listen to the Yeah, I was, uh, I was just about to say that too. Um, I It's funny because I was going to text Simon and be like, yo, you got to listen to this guy on uh, Lex. But then I thought to myself, he's definitely going to see it himself, so. Yeah, I got it covered, man. It was, yeah. This, uh, I, I mean, I had some problems with this episode, but nothing on the doctor's part. It was all with uh, our friend Joey Jojo. Can someone say this Hawaiian thing? I know Kamar butchered it two weeks ago. Say it again. Uma Uma. Is that it? No, no, it's... Wham Wham? Wham Wham? I don't even remember anymore. It's Uma No, it's it's Uu something. No, it's... Uma Uma. It's not Uma Uma. No, it's Oo uh, and then Uma, two Uma. of the same syllables, like Oo Moo I thought it was Oo Moo Moo. I think that might be it. Yeah, that sounds that's about right. What, that's what it is. It's Oo Moo Moo. Great word, by the way. Gotta love the Hawaiians. Yeah. Yeah, so it's, yeah, yeah. it's pretty far reaching what he's contesting. Well, let's start with the big, with the big deal, all right? So if he's right... Either it's an alien spaceship or... Well, he, he didn't say that. Or it's something they've never seen before ever. Either way, it is one million percent worth investigation. What I want to know, is it more uh, worth investigating all the stuff on Earth or stuff that's that far away that you can barely tell? Both, Kamar. The answer is both. The answer is both, but Simon, how do you investigate something that moves that fast and that can clearly avoid? I'm not a fucking scientist, Matt, but my man here seemed to think it wasn't a big deal to investigate it at all, so... Fair enough, fair enough. Look, his point about the ocean was a fucking perfect But he also thinks quantum physics is straightforward. And this goes to Kamar's point is like, look, they, they have this Nimitz encounter, right? Where Commander Fravor and all these other people say that they saw this giant thing coming out of the ocean and blah, blah, blah. And yet they're still not fucking exploring the ocean, Matt. Why? He, they brought, they Why? brought that up. And it, Why? Favors said basically the military was like, let's just not talk about this. Like why do you hold on, Simon? Why do you keep contesting that? that they're not exploring the ocean? I saw two videos from the bottom of the Marianas Trench yesterday. Two. Can I tell you something about the Marianas Trench, Matt? Okay, it's this like buzzword. Oh, everybody's getting down to the Marianas Trench. It's the one part of the ocean, this one tiny little part that they're okay with you seeing. Doesn't that seem suspect to you? Again, the ocean is fucking huge. It's 70% of the planet, 80% of the planet. And all of a sudden, they explore this one tiny little part. And Matt's like, oh, mystery solved. Oh, Marianne's Trench. Gobekli Tepe, Gobekli Tepe, Gobekli Tepe. Shut the fuck up. 
<laughs> buzzwords. Whatever. Exactly fuck. my point. Anyways, yeah, no, they they're and it's just like space, Kamar. They don't want to go up and see what's up there because they either know what's up there and they don't want us to know, or they're afraid of what they're gonna find. Either way, we need to know. But do you do you think that humans should just uh, strive to live sustainably and exist on this planet, or it's our natural progression to use up all the resources and leave the planet? No, I think we should live sustainably. And yeah. we don't even know if we're living sustainably because I'll go back to my point from a long time ago. We haven't explored our own planet. For all we know, right at the bottom of some part of the ocean that we've never been to, there's a tiny little box with a button inside that when you press it, it has a big X on it and it changes everything. Simon's watch lost recently for sure. <laughs> I'm just saying, Maddie, like we don't know. You don't okay. know until you look. And for some reason, we haven't looked. And I, I think, think the most. Was... Go ahead. Sorry. Come on. I said, I think the most interesting thing he talked about, though, was the light sail. So that's a yeah. ship that is powered by this crazy laser. Then you no longer need fuel. Because that was we, the biggest thing, right? We've we've discussed this before on this show. The, well, this the, is the guy who's working on it. The laser sails. <laughs> this is the guy. Yes, Kamar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just thought that was the most like because they were talking about science fiction and like it's good if you can imagine stuff, but like this is just crazy talk. Because on the same breath, he talked about the next super. Um, telescope or whatever actually will generate too much data that we're not able to process right now. So we're like not ready to, to take this step sort of thing. That sail, the sail he was talking about, takes out a big part of the, like, uh, you know when people want to argue about whether aliens could possibly be coming here? Because that's a self-generating energy. The fuel, yeah. Yeah, it's drawing its power from the star, uh, whatever star, right? And then transforming it into a laser and shooting it into the sail. Simon, back to your sustainability thing. Wouldn't... Oh, Simon's getting up and leaving. Wouldn't... Um, as far as the sustainability thing, back to Elon's sort of Neuralink, like Matrix idea... If we could all just put our consciousness in a computer, a supercomputer, and then leave, like, I don't know, if it, if it was self-sustaining, if we didn't even need to leave anyone, we could we could basically leave the planet without leaving it. But do you think, do you think that is a natural progression of humankind to do that? That I think we will do, yes. Because that makes the most sense. Because I also think, Kamar, we will hit, I think we'll hit a point where... Keep exploring. I think we'll hit a point where we will have to do that for the sake of the earth. Cause if we know that the earth can, you know, rejuvenate itself, but it needs a hundred thousand years. Well, that's fine. Cause we can just keep living in this matrix esque thing for that hundred thousand years. And then once that's up, you know, figure out a way to get out of the fucking machine, or we've already figured that out before going into it, that sort of thing. Here's the thing, man. Like we're, um, 
who knows what it's going to be like and who knows what we're going to do because we know what human beings have done up to this point. We've always pushed forward. We've never been satisfied with, um, right? That's yeah. why we assume that at some point we're going to leave this planet to go to explore other worlds. But maybe there's just something about Earth that is so, like, has a magnet to humans and that we'll never do that because it's just not in our DNA to do that, you know? We don't know. Well, I, I think it's more like the uh, idea where we're talking about if one of us reincarnates, we all reincarnate. Like there's some sort of uh, norm or something that we're all the same. Whether you and believe is or not. Part of our leg, is part of our legacy to go on or are we just supposed to stay here? No, but maybe, our chest? Simon, like maybe... Um... So back to the Marianas Trench, you know how there's like a, a blob fish that lives down there? Have you ever seen that thing? Super I ugly have. looking. It's got like a big nose. Yeah. So oh, is that a Jew thing? No. Yeah, maybe. Oh. No. So when they're when they take that thing up, when they bring it up to, to like uh, sea level, because there's no pressure, it literally like disintegrates. Like it just turns into mush. Right. So maybe yeah. there's something to what you're saying. Like maybe, you know, maybe the magnetic north, for example. Maybe that has a huge something to do with how we live. And maybe maybe we send 50 people to Mars and six months in, they all become incredibly ill and we can't figure out why. And maybe it's just, maybe it's that we realize, hey, we're actually bound to this earth due yeah, to some unseen like, thing that we haven't even thought of or something seen that we have thought you're, of. You're speaking my sign language, Matt. That's <laughs> um, like the ley lines where they built ancient structures. These are all like, we're part and parcel of this place. It's not just as easy as you get and go. I think it's more than that. Yeah. Like maybe Eden's its own little prison. Or maybe, uh, yeah. Or maybe the earth is like literally a part of us, a yeah. part of human beings. Or we're a part of it would be more. It's a symbiotic relationship. Yeah. And yeah. Anyways, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking last week about how, you know, China will influence media or Saudi Arabia or the powers of B for their interests. And this guy sort of mentioned that it's hard to fathom that the church has not been involved in, uh, holding us back from researching aliens and addressing it as a serious topic and not being crazy talk. As he talked, there was the that guy got burnt to death for saying the Earth is not the planet, center of the universe. Listen, I we could listen. Sorry, real. We could probably be a thousand years ahead of where we are right now had it not been for the church. I think we should all yeah. accept that. Agreed. Agreed. And they're probably <clears throat> still sitting on like what's left of the Library of Alexandria underneath the Vatican, and that's all information that you know probably gets us to time travel right now that they're sitting on. So. Why, why? Anyways, what I was going to say was I just watched the, um, or I just listened to this like dissertation about uh, aliens and religion and every single religion, they went through every one. Yeah. Not only has history with some aliens sort of alien or, or, or a what sighting. they called something else. Yeah be it angels or whatever, but also now have all accepted the possibility of aliens and like are prepared for when they come as to how that fits into like, their, their well, narrative. Yeah. 
if God created the universe, then God also created aliens. It works for Catholicism. I'm just saying, they, they have figured out ways to make this work. This is something that has been discussed and is on the horizon, no pun intended. Yes, it's, been years, it's been detrimental up until now. Wow, what a yes, they've been... Yeah. What a convenient, like, isn't that almost how you know religion's bullshit? Where they have a board meeting and it's like, okay, how can we squeeze this into our history? I mean, there's part of it you could argue we where it's make like, this work. there's part of it where it's like, okay, we just, in, we just misinterpreted the Bible. You, you know, that's their argument, obviously. Oh, we just, this, this thing is actually an alien and we just didn't read it that way. That's right. Well, you know, Operation Blue Book, you know, we talk about that. That's uh, not Operation Blue Book, Operation Blue Beam. Whatever the one is where they say that they're going to do a fake alien invasion. Okay. You, you, yeah, yeah. Blue yeah, Beam. Yeah. It's Operation I, I, Blue Beam. Again, you're the fucking operations guy. Uh, anyways, point is, um, the, there's part of that that we never talk about, which is part of that operation is that when the aliens come down, the first way that they show themselves to human beings is through the deity of the religion that's the most dominant in that area. So it would show itself as like Jesus to the Catholics and show itself as Mohammed to the Hindus. And then it would uh, show that to aliens. It's like the step to make people accept. It's like it's built right into the fabric of the plans from the start, you know? Huh. Huh. Anyways. I just have to ask, Kamar, you're obviously watching the football silence. game. I'm not. No, Kamar is. Um, <laughs> I, 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 it's, it's in the periphery. Yeah, yeah, it's fine. Um, I am too. I just want to say this. It's the. Oh, I would say the only, I think the only positive of this lockdown is probably this. Because otherwise we'd be at the studio and Kamar would be missing all this. So I know Kamar, I know Kamar yeah. deep down secretly just a little bit is kind of happy yeah. that he's going to get to watch the entire NFL playoffs while it's, doing the it's podcast. Pretty it's Comfort pretty special. Of I, bought a, I bought a bucket of chicken yesterday. That's um, how I used to feel, Matt, before I quit smoking. Because I could do the podcast and smoke in my studio. Yeah, yeah. It was like heaven on earth. We should just bring, Kamar, I'll bring a TV to the studio eventually so that we can watch. What's good for one is bad for the other. Well, it's going to be over in a month anyways. Yeah, but whatever. Um, It'll fire back up. We're never going to stop doing this horse shit. Summer. By summer, we'll be doing it again in the studio. Sorry, Kamar. He talked about another problem. Remember we talked about last week with the doctor and the military guy. We're going to London about PTSD. And they got a lot of pushback. There's a bunch of egos in the science community that don't want to look into aliens and stuff. Like, this is a, becoming a constant problem of some sort of intellectual protectionism that stifles, you know. And, and me, personally, I think going out is... There's there's enough stuff on the planet about aliens that we can look at. And, and like, they, energy there. they'd rather run quantum physics equations that really prove nothing to anybody and actually go up and look and see what this fucking thing is? Well, hold on. I got to say this. I just this. think it's too far. I got to say this. When he said that, I was a little bit taken aback because I was like, this guy's a, this guy's obviously a man of science. Like, Einstein predicted uh, a, a ton of shit that ended up coming true. So, like, I get, I get what you're saying is, like, at the time when he predicted it, it didn't mean jack shit. It couldn't be proven. You couldn't do anything with it. 
And I guess later on when we did prove he was right, it didn't really matter that he was right. But it's it's kind of a weird argument to say. Let's look at it this way, Maddie. If let's say they really did get to the moon. Okay. I guess it would be like the equivalent of saying, well, this scientist is down here telling us that we can get through wormholes, but we've never even been off of our own planet. You know, that does that make sense? No. Say say that again. Well, just like we if we we have been to the moon, so it's okay if we have. So it's okay for us to be like talking about going to outer space in equations because we've actually been to outer space. Okay. But if we had never been uh, off sh- our own planet, they should be working on getting off our own planet, not on equations about wormholes that we may or may never get to because they can't even get out of our own gravitational pull, you know? Listen, I'm with but you. If th- okay, go ahead, Kamar. Sorry. I was just going to say, if there's alien craft in possession, that's where all the energy should be going, not to figure out if this thing's a comet because it's covered ice or not. Well, exactly, Kamar, because if we do have alien craft, they could have back-engineered it and we could use it to go see Oumuamua. Yeah, but you should also, uh, I mean, Simon, you, es- you especially would know that they're probably, they probably do have it and they're probably spending a shitload of money and resources on doing exactly what you're saying, but just for military well, purposes. Yeah, I assume, though, that Oumuamua is actually the craft that's on its way here to tell everybody that aliens exist and they just don't want you to know about it. Or it could be the last remnants of a... <clears throat> alien civilization that's all that's left and they're gone sure and if that's the case let's fucking find out man uh it just it's so far away so simon you want to open pandora's box you're down for that well i i I don't know if i do or if i don't i often say that i'm scared of what may happen but it's happening in the next five years anyways so brace yourself you're on the clock i just think people don't understand quantum physics enough like, maybe with the Neuralink, they all understand quantum physics. That's the difference. But there's so few people that understand. And at the very end of this podcast, Joe tries to, like, show me, understands how there can be two coffee cups at the same time. He tries to explain it. In five seconds, it's like, no, this is confusing still. Well, quantum <clears throat> physics is just magic. Like, I will stand yes. by that. It is, they are talking about things that you have to dis, you suspend your disbelief to understand that's magic. Like, a coffee cup being in two places at the same time, that is Harry Potter shit, my friends. Listen, I'm so stupid. Like, I don't even understand. When, when Once you start talking about even, like, we're all made up of atoms, I'm literally, I'm out. I've checked out. I've clocked out. Too big. You're not... You're not supposed to understand, Maddie. Your eyes don't have microscopes that look into yourself, you know? Yeah. Like, you're meant to be able to see your hands and your reflection in the mirror. You're not supposed to look inside your body and see that you're made up of nothing. Well, it's funny because you well, think... There's, there's more nothing than stuff in your body. I mean. Well, it's just weird because it would be like... It would be such a shock to the senses to see a tiger sitting, smoking a cigar with a monocle like contemplating quantum physics, but we're monkeys. There's no different. You know what I mean? Like it's the, it's just a weird, I don't know. It's fucked up. We are fucked. How we got no, here, why we're here. There's a huge difference between us and monkeys. <laughs> well, yeah, now there is, but listen, who knows? Like give it fucking, give it 6,000 years and maybe uh, we'll see a tiger. I don't know. You never know. 
That orangutan. So, that... Six hundred million years. Sure, fine. Maybe. Fine. Yeah, six thousand was a bit uh, bit generous. <laughs> That's like my five year period. Come on, Maddie, you're better than that. In this um, episode, uh, Joe sort of rapifies him about like, what do you think of this? What do you think of that? And you know, his his main thing is like evidence. Like, there's no evidence. Like, the one guy Moses talks to God, but there's no recording. So if there's a recording, I could verify that and go forth with it so we don't know. But then he talked about, like, drawings and carvings. And he was like, well, there's no evidence. But the, it, isn't that the evidence, The you know, on the pyramids and stuff like that? Right. But, yes, I see what you're saying, Kamar. But that ev- ev- evidence <coughs> is subjective because we don't know if the guy writing it was, like, a stoner who was just... Tell it, writing a comic book like we don't have the there's no context the proof we, yeah there's no context there's no it's all very hard we know like the hieroglyphics written on the uh like inside the pyramid tombs and stuff are all done way after the tombs were made they're like sometimes they're graffiti from people who took over after the fact like we just really don't have the we need to have a a time machine to really find out i also imagine that human beings have had a big imagination since we had an imagination probably as in to say like we've always been looking up at the stars wondering maybe there's someone else out there like me you know what i mean it's not that far-fetched to think that thousands of years ago someone was looking up doing what simon's doing now just with less technology well that's the problem maddie is that look what happened just as much imagination we have no fucking idea, right? So that guy who was looking up at the stars and saw a spaceship and drew it, he might have been seeing a flock of geese. Yeah. Or he saw a spaceship. We'll, we'll never fucking know. Or he was fucked up on that uh, crazy wine herb concoction that the guy like two months ago was like, you know what I mean? Again, we just have no fucking idea. Like, it's, it's I, I just think my problem. point is the only angle this guy is going at aliens or life out there is through quantum physics and not through ancient civilizations or anything like that. I I totally see where you're coming from. I do feel though, Kamar, that he has become more open-minded as he's been attacked for suggesting that this thing may be alien. And had that never happened, he would have remained a quantum physics guy talking about coffee cups being here and here at the same time. Well, that just they just throw that in to confuse everyone. Uh, did you see that there's a new TV show about an alien that lives among us? What's it called? Resident among Alien. Us? Resident Alien, I believe. No, I haven't seen it. <laughs> what that? Well, it might be Fox or something. But the point is, this could be uh, rolling out for acceptance, sort of thing. Right for them finally telling us about Elon. Again, I, I I think Elon's cool. Do you see him hanging out with Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan, all those guys? Well, wouldn't that be the real mindfuck, Simon, as if it was Rogan? Oh, Simon's frozen. He's not just taking a really long jewel haul. That no, would be the biggest mindfuck. Yeah, imagine if it, the most. Imagine, Simon, if the first for the first release is they were like, all right, there has been an alien, at least one that we know of living amongst us. And then Joe was like, it's me. I, I, it's maybe, yeah, that would be a real mindfuck. 
but I think it, listen, it, it very well could be, it could be that he doesn't even know he's a fucking alien. Ooh, I love that plot twist. That's fucking gravy. He's like a Manchurian yeah. candidate. You got it. A star child and he doesn't even know it. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Do we have anything anyway. else for this guy, Kamar? Uh, no, but I had trouble. Sorry, Padre Holmes just got knocked out with a concussion. I saw. Um, I, uh, I had a tough time picking uh, the movie game, but at one point he mentioned that in Gravity, uh, jumping from satellite to satellite is very difficult. He thought that wasn't possible, so I've decided to do Gravity as <laughs> just a movie be- game. Just We've done Gravity. We, yeah, just before we get to Gravity... Um, contact, because they did talk about that in this movie. That's it what might, I meant. It might be my favorite. Um, Don't do this. Ali- alien Don't movie do this. from like the past no. five no. years. Yeah. Contact. Then we're doing with the contact. Jody, that's the not. Movie. That's not the one you're no, talking no, about. Not contact. Contact's not contact. the one with Jodie Foster. That's fucking no, 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 terrible. No. Not contact. Not contact. The one with the writing of the. Yeah. The, that one was with, fine um, with Jeremy Renner with and the guy. And just the whole movie, the way like she's seeing herself in the future, it's fucking cool, man. That, and all that writing shit is cool. What's that one called? I don't know. That movie is good. I agree. But Contact, I'm fairly certain, is the one with Jodie Foster. That was the one they were talking about. Which they were the one, not Contact. They were talking about this No Name movie. Yeah, that you're gonna find out. Yeah, I'll look it up right now. Um, thanks, thanks, man. No, problem. it has one word also. Abduction. No, but it's uh, the movie game, and we're doing contact. Okay, we're doing contact. Oh, that's an interesting one. So we have arrival, Simon. Arrival. arrival. Fuck. Yeah, have we've done arrival? We've done con. Oh, we haven't. Sorry, we haven't done contact. We've, we've done, done arrival. Uh, I don't know if we've done gravity. arrival. We've definitely done gravity, hundred percent. Yeah, and we've done the Martian as well. Where did Camargo? Uh, um, just. Get my notes. Okay. So what movie are we it's doing? It's the movie game, Contact. Can I just say, actually, the one thing about Contact, the one thing about Contact is there's a shot in the film. I don't know how they pulled it off, but it's absolutely incredible. There's a little girl running up the stairs, and the camera is following her. Like, not following from behind. Like, it's, it's like static six feet in front of her the whole time she's running up the stairs she turns a corner turns the corner with her and then eventually she gets into the bathroom and she reaches out and the camera like stops where it is and she reaches out and grabs um like the medicine cabinet door and then it's like the whole shot was a reflection it's fucking nuts that's a super nerdy photo thing for me but if you ever got a chance, that's the only part of contact worth checking out. It's the movie game where Matt and Simon go head to head to figure out what year a movie came out, the budget of the movie, and the box office of the movie based on Wikipedia information. Contact starring Jodie Foster and Matthew McConaughey. Isn't Busey in this too? I can double check that. James Woods in. James Woods is in it and John Hurt, not Gary Busey. No, not Gary Busey. Not Not Gary Busey, the younger Busey. His son, Jake. No, no no Busey in it, unless he's not credited. But James Wood in it, my favorite. uh... Really? No. Okay, I want to look this up after I'm done. Uh, I have a year, 
Simon, he died, he... eh, Maddie? Who, Jake Busey? Yeah. How? I thought he died of like a drug overdose or something. I'll have to check that out as well. Mm. Um, Simon, you have a year? Yeah. What year do you have? 1996. That's the same year I have. It's a gooch, 1997. Oh, that's oh, what I had. Oh, son of a bitch. Damn it. Oh, son of a bitch. That's too bad. Um, all right. So how much do I think this cost and what did it make? This movie this movie fucking sucks. But it's pretty big. Like this movie's worse than frailty. No, 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 no. I, I haven't okay. seen contact, so I don't know. If you want to continue to be friends with me, don't fucking badmouth frailty. Right? <laughs> there are a few things I take seriously in this world, and my love for that movie is strong. Okay, but you haven't you haven't gone back to watch it yet. Uh, it, no, I think I've watched it recently. Okay. I mean, it's hard to watch again. You know the twist ending. It's like watching usual. No, the usual that's, suspects. That's, that's true. The usual suspects is different. It has so many incredible scenes that you can still rewatch it. The scene where they're in the lineup, incredible. Um, Simon, you ready? Is that a yes? He's frozen, isn't he? This fucking sucks. Negatory. This guy's shoddy ass fucking internet in his goddamn shoddy little studio. Okay, Kamar, give me the answers. Like exact. No, I can't. I can't. I, it's all I have. <laughs> my judge. No, no, technique. you didn't let me finish. I was gonna say I have my numbers written down. I will say whatever number. Oh, it's too late now. I was gonna say whatever numbers you gave me. Like bang on. Like knock it out of the park. Oh, just as a prank. And yeah, as a prank, and then the give ones. them the real. But it's too late now. And you, you're no fun. Are you back, Simon? Your shitty internet. I can't threaten the integrity of the movie game. Well, the listeners would know. I would leave this all in, so there'd be no integrity. Nothing would be broken. Ah, it's, it's all I have. Simon, are you back? I wish I'd done it. Yo. Uh, I'm fucking back. Sorry, guys. Jesus so Christ. Guys, boys both said 1996. You were off by a year. What? Give us your numbers so we can okay. finish this. My numbers are $34 million to make, and it grossed 132 Wow. Okay. I said 21.4 to make, and it grossed 80.6. Whoa, you guys are off. Oh. It cost $90 million to make. What? It's a big budget Whoa. film. Whoa. And it wow. Made In 1997. Yeah. And it made $171 million. Holy, f this movie was wow. terrible. But it's groundbreaking at the time. Okay, now I have to see if Jake Busey was in this fucking movie or not. It's going to drive me fucking crazy. Okay, can you prepare for a rude awakening? Are we done with... Uh, with this guy? Are we done with the episode? What are we doing here? Yeah, I, I think it was interesting. I think uh, it's more comprehensive. You can listen to talk to Lex Friedman. But uh, it was disappointing when he disproved the Israeli uh, general who said that we know about space, we've been on the moon, and all that stuff. Jake Busey is totally in this movie. Go and My fuck bad. yourself. So is Rob Lowe and Larry King. He did... Wow. Oh, and we is lost Kamar. Is he still alive, Matt? Kamar left. He's so angry. <laughs> Fuck this. I'm out. No, I went to... I only see the first eight credits, so... Oh, yeah, that's why. Yeah, he's down. He's like the 12th is credit. He is he still alive? Uh, 
Jake Busey is... Oh, hold on. I don't want the IMDb. He's got to be alive, dude. I would have heard about Jake Busey dying. Yeah, he's alive. Okay, sorry about that. For shame, <laughs> Simon. For shame. That's fine, Simon. Don't... Oh, sorry about that. We're sorry, Jake Busey, if you're listening. Okay, rate the episode. Yeah. Avi Loeb. I'm not foreshadowing anything. Avi Loeb. What do you give him? Four. Four. Oh, we knew you were giving it a four. I was asking Kamar. I give it a three and a half. Uh, and I give it a three. This is too far to go. I think uh, the real secrets can be uncovered here where we are. I just... I thought he did a really good... Sorry, Matt. No, go ahead. Please. I said, I, I thought he did a really good job standing up to Joe. At the beginning of this podcast, Joe was very like... I had you on, but I'm going to argue every point you're trying to make. And then finally they got into like a smoother sink. But yeah, he did at the beginning. Well, clearly Simon's internet is acting up, but it doesn't really matter because the episode's over anyway. Simon, we lost you. I'm just going to do the end shit and then we'll do the post show. Um, uh, I'm back. Yeah. Hey. Keep your keep your eyes open, everyone, just no. in case I get disconnected. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, <laughs> if, if you made it this far, thank you so much for listening. Uh, thank you to our sponsor for this episode, BetterHelp. Go check them out, betterhelp.com slash J-R-E-E. Um, we have uh, an Instagram and uh, a Twitter. They're both uh, J-R- at J-R-E-E podcast. You can follow Kamar on Instagram. At uh, Kamar Babar. Uh, don't follow Simon anywhere. Uh, also don't follow myself anywhere. Um, there's a Reddit, reddit.com slash J R E E podcast. If you want to get in on the, uh, discussion or is it just slash J R E E, whatever, just find it. You'll find our Reddit. It's not that hard. It's not that many people on there. Uh, and of course, uh, we have a YouTube, uh, we're not doing the YouTube right now cause we can't be in the same room and I haven't figured out how to record all this, nor will I bother. Uh, but go subscribe anyway. Uh, we're on our quest to 1,000 subscribers, so go over there, youtube.com slash J-R-E-E podcast. Hit that subscribe button. You don't have to watch shit. Just go subscribe. And uh, the Patreon, patreon.com slash J-R-E-E podcast if you want. Uh, I, dude, I can't do this without the whiteboard. I don't know what any of our fucking shit it's the, is. It's the best nation in the world. Yeah, join the Patreon. Uh, you will get the post show where we uh, kind of shoot the shit regular like after the show. Um, and you can support the show there for as little as $5 a month I think that's it great show, great talking to you guys great fucking lockdown, really killing it <laughs> uh, it's, only, it's only four more months Matty yeah. it's all good Yeah. Um, alright, thank you so much for listening we hope you have a great week, weekend and as usual keep your eyes open, I made it